0: Okay, everybody, good.
1: Yeah, yeah, believe so. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we have kind of a, I don't know if we're calling it a just a discussion or is it a debate? It's uh, I, I I don't even I'm not what what would what? I yeah I
2: was saying this is my name's Lars Lars Letten and I we were talking in the hall I suspect that we have less of a debate and more of a clarification of what it is people want I think a lot of stuff gets uh, caught under the umbrella of bicycle advocacy, when it turns out there's different interests and uh, people feel that there are uh, there is a debate. I think there, I've, I suspect there might not be a debate. There might just be uh, different people want different things.
0: Let's let's introduce ourselves. So uh, I, sort, Lars.
2: I sort of started. Yeah, my name is Lars Lettinen. Um, I was involved in Bike Summer in Los Angeles in 2005. I used to run a riding calendar that doesn't exist anymore. And bike uh, boom. Yep, and uh, I met my wife on Critical Mass in Los Angeles back in 2002, and it was 10 people.
0: All right, and so now we're going to talk to Marvin Norman.
3: Yes, this is uh, Marvin Norman. I'm the vice president of MRI Biking Alliance. I first really started biking when I was reading the personal finance blog written by Mr. Money Mustache, and he's a big fan of biking, so that's where I started biking, and then... Inland Empire, of course, rates as the worst place in the nation to, or in the state to bike, for a reason because it sucks. So I started looking at trying to fix that. And is that because it's unpleasant, or because of deaths like crazy,
2: or because the cops are jerks, or all except the last? Yeah. Ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
4: All right. And, and so yeah, yeah. That's, that's. Um, I'm Mark Freeze, also from the Inland Empire Biking Alliance. I'm actually the founder and ex-executive director. I've been riding for a long time, um, but really got into it in Orange County with my wife um, and my current wife, um, riding in Long Beach and Orange County and those thereabouts. I've raced, done track, uh, mountain bike was my first advocacy for um, the Warrior Society, and then got out of it for a little bit, and then um, we had a rider when I was a member of a club who was killed, and I organized the ride, and, and then my life would change from that point on.
0: And I, I met Marvin. Marvin, you set up Ghost Bikes. I met you at the Milt Dolan Ghost Bike.
3: Yeah, I've been participant in set, set, placing the Ghost Bikes. And this year, we've placed twenty five of them in the Inland Empire so far, and higher than last year. Twenty five too many, as far as I'm concerned. <coughs> Whoa.
0: Okay. So, and then we have Kelly. Kelly Morris.
1: Yeah, I'm from Long Beach, and I'm a LCI in Long Beach. I'm pretty new to advocacy. I have been riding um, for well, decades, and done a lot of long rides. I like doing the San Francisco to LA charity rides, did a lot of road riding. And uh, most of the time when I saw advocacy booths at different bike fairs, I'd ran the other way because I didn't want to be bothered with them. I just wanted to go out and ride and have a good time. And uh, so about two years ago, I got a LCI um, through um, Women on Bikes SoCal. They gave me a a uh, scholarship to get that LCI, and I'm wondering, okay, why am I getting this? Oh, oh, yeah, I can teach, I can do all sorts of things. So I've been thrown into the advocacy through that LCI teaching, and it's been a whole new world. And uh, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to figure out where I fit into that. I know I love teaching people how to ride their bikes and how to ride them properly so that we can get more people out on the road
0: okay great and you do pedal love too yeah i absolutely which is our first saturday's show uh here um my kpfk's bike talk podcast yes and on the phone we have uh two guests we have uh charlie gandy hi gang Uh,
5: this is charlie gandy i live in long beach now my background is that um I discovered urban bicycling riding when I graduated in 1976 and went to Europe and rode around different cities by bike. And um, Starting in 1990, I became a professional bike advocate. I've been paid to do that since then in various capacities. I was a founder of the Texas Bicycle Coalition, was the first executive director for four years, and then went to work for a national nonprofit, Bicycle Federation of America, doing bike advocacy around the nation. I I organized using Saul Alinsky-type tactics um, a whole bunch of advocacy organizations that exist today. Um, And uh, the Thunderhead Alliance and what has become the Alliance for Bicycling and Walking came out of that. Uh, I live in California now and uh, am the Vice Chair of the California Bicycle Coalition and do consulting work with cities all over the country, but specifically in California these days. Uh, about bicycle uh, uh, both infrastructure and uh, uh, uh the, the culture of bicycling
0: thanks um yeah so charlie i'm glad you gave us all that i'm uh i could i did, was a f- not sure i could uh remember everything and and so you also do uh so you're the vice chair of the california bike coalition right now correct and you also do Pedal Love every first Saturday, so far. That's right, absolutely. I'm part of your team. Awesome. And Gary Siko.
6: Yeah, hi. Good evening, everybody. Uh, my background here is I guess I've been biking for about 50 years or so. Uh, grew up in New York City, uh, spent some time in Montreal. Uh, then I was a professor at the University of Illinois uh, at Urbana-Champaign. There I was president. I was a board member and then also president of Champaign County Bikes for a couple of years. we about to just got a gold uh, bicycle-friendly community uh, since I've gone. In uh, August 2013, I moved to Los Angeles, and uh, I've been involved in biking. I've done long-distance touring across the U.S., across Europe. I've cycled on five continents. I've raced on the road cycle cross mountain biking and in 2011 i became interested in cycling education i became a league certified instructor in 2011 and then also became a cycling savvy instructor in 2011 and uh we have now bringing cycling savvy to california we have about 10 12 instructors now in southern california and uh, i'm hoping to bring that to northern california around berkeley right now and the rest of the west coast
0: great so if and thank you very much Gary for for joining. You were recommended by Dan Gutierrez who's a, who's really the person who whose name keeps coming up in the context of now this is the topic for tonight. Um what's what what do we call the topic? Something about VC and main well, control I guess,
2: and I guess it's uh facilities uh versus non- education. Facilities. Um, although I guess one quick bio thing I'd like to get out of the way if if uh, everyone uh, is okay with it. Uh, has anyone of the – I have never taken any uh, funding from anybody, so I have nothing to disclose. But has anyone here taken funding from uh, the bicycle industry, uh, Bikes Belong, or the American Automobile Association?
5: I'm actually uh, one of the founders of the Bikes Belong uh, coalition in 1998. I, I and Andy Clark and others raised the first – half a million dollars from the bike industry to get the um, reauthorization of T and T21 and the Federal Highway Bill done. And um, and I know a lot of people in the bike industry, so, so I'm tainted with that. Okay, evaluation. so
2: okay, so like that half a million, half a million came from the bike in, uh, industry, and how much came from the American Automobile Association for that? Zero. Zero for that one, okay. Anybody else?
4: Other than bike shops? We're not including bike shops. No, I, you know, you're right. I worked
2: at a bike shop. That was working the bike yeah. shop.
4: So
1: no. why, why do you ask Lars?
2: Well, I just, um, because some people are, you know, uh, uh, do this professionally and they might be representing themselves or they might be representing more than just themselves. So I just figured uh, if that was the case, that maybe some disclosure was in order.
0: Uh, well, so you're coming out swinging. <laughs> yeah. I, was I yeah. mean, I know what impl- the implication <laughs> yeah.
4: there is there. There is this, and um yeah I don't know what you want to call, I mean, I know there's a the reclassification of getting rid of the term vehicular cyclist
7: mm-hmm. and
4: now bicycle drivers. Um, uh, whatever you want to use today is fine. Um, I don't know what you return you prefer now because I know it's a redefining of that. But, um, I think there is that accusation from that segment of the advocacy organizations that the League of America Bicyclists, Bikes Belong, and are on the take, basically. They're doing this just for profit and no longer... Well, bikes
5: Belong has been explicit about that.
4: Right. That's why... I know, but can I, I... Can I...
5: Let me, let me just update uh, both of you. Bikes Belong doesn't exist anymore. It's now called People for Bikes. Right,
4: right. And People for Bikes, explicit,
5: sorry. And it's explicitly a bike industry organization. Right. So you know, yeah. for what it's worth. Now, let's, as we're discussing that, uh, you know, if, if we're going to start out with demonizing different elements of the bike community, let's just recognize that um, from the bike industry's point of view, they see uh, uh, more, more more bike trails equals more bike sales, and they see more bike facilities on the street as meaning more bicyclists, and so. Across the board, they bought into the notion that uh, the safer and better it is uh, environment to ride bikes means more bike sales, and I don't see anything inherently uh, wrong or disingenuous about any of that. Do you? Uh,
4: some people do. <laughs> I,
2: I certainly do in that I... Sure, sure with me. Because... Sure, with me. Gladly. So, um, as we all learn, trudging through this life, I mean, there's things that are made to be good and there's things that are made to be sold and most of the stuff you find in the store uh, exists you know it was its utility largely ends the moment you've handed over your money you know the um, so much of what we experience in life is made for what people want what not what people need um, and what people's uh, first glance idea of what will work and so um, it's very easy to posit that um, we should have a bike path here we should have a bike lane here Uh, and then hand that responsibility off to local government, and then local government will make a complete hash of it and potentially make something that's very dangerous and will kill people, but uh, all involved can say we did something, and uh, people that don't know what the real hazards are saw there was a bike lane and thought things were better and didn't realize they now had to ride in the door zone where before they didn't, and uh, some bikes were sold and some fears were assuaged, but in fact, uh, the situation was made worse.
0: Can can we define the the view, the different views here before we get... Because it seems like that hasn't been done yet.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Somebody want to do that? Or get, I don't, do I don't you know, I know, know can, if we could it,
4: make it, a
3: yeah, direct definition. Per yeah. se. Wait, you said
0: infrastructure versus education?
4: Well, I wouldn't say it's mm, just education. No. It, no. There, is a, there is a faction that would say that there is no need for infrastructure because the roadways are already there. We right. don't need anything to classify or in some cases to an extreme point, segregate us. You know, they, they equate it to, you know, no pedestrianizing um, cycling. And so... By
1: adding the infrastructure, you mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that...
4: Yeah. So that that's probably the, the bigger problem. Um, and the issue, I think, for some of us is yeah, okay, we do have these dividing lines, but for some of us, we're, we're not trying to take that away. We're trying to also include another segment of the population to give the, them the opportunity to ride. And-
1: uh, I don't and, even say it's opportunity. I, I, I encourage them to right. ride because the, so many people that come to my classes are afraid to ride if there aren't bike lanes. And so that's the first step to getting them out on riding is to have that bike lane available and Lars, yes, I know what you're talking about. That some of them are in the door zone, and some of them are unsafe in the transitions. And it's it's wonderful when you're in the middle of a block, and suddenly the bike lane ends. And ah, what am I supposed to do?
2: See, I think I think Mark got it exactly right. I think the divide is between people who want to advocate for cyclists and people who want to advocate for people who aren't cyclists but could become them somehow. So I'm uh, very I'm very interested in making things better for the people who ride bikes now in the conditions we have. There are other people who are evangelical and want to turn not cyclists into cyclists, and that's their primary agenda.
5: I'll put put myself in that position. Uh, The fact is that uh, I'm in the business of getting more people on more bikes more often, and I recognize, I buy into the research that says um, that, that without bike facilities of some kind, you get two things, one only. The uh, strong and the fearless bike riders, mostly males, um, and you get drivers that don't really know how to, that are not communicated to about bicyclists being on the street, and so you have drivers that perceive bicyclists as being interlopers, and therefore uh, 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 become angry. Uh, I'm a big fan of the big tent. I'm a big fan of communicating to drivers. That motors uh, or that uh, bicyclists are to be on the street, and a shero or a bike lane communicates that the authority figure here, in this case, in most cases it's the city, says bikes belong on the street. And the evidence points out that um, we have fewer conflicts and we have fewer crashes when we actually have facilities on the street, and the inverse. And lastly, I'll close with this: the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation has has uh, done an extensive survey of. People, and this points to Kelly's uh, comment, and that is uh, women and uh, are simply not too impressed with uh, no facilities and, for that matter, bike lanes. They want separated facilities, such as trails and cycle tracks or protected bikeways. And so if we're going to go beyond the 7 or so percent of those like uh, us at this table, then we have to do something different. And I'll close with this. Uh, If you've got, and so really we're talking about a European style of facilities of some kind. And um, uh, I'm open to hearing uh, plans and experiences that you guys might have where not putting facilities on the street has proven effective at getting more people out on bikes, uh, but I'm not aware of it.
2: I think the most effective thing to getting more people on bikes is proven in the numbers that you get rid of helmet legislation.
3: Well, thankfully, we don't have that here in California. Well, yeah, we no. do for, for under eighteen. We do. Yeah. Well,
2: yes, we do. And that's where you—that's where cyclists right. are created—is under eighteen. Yeah. yeah. But that.
4: I, I mean, I don't want to turn this into a helmet debate because I mean, oh, I, that I, I will never end that. that. We'll yeah. no, <laughs> forget that. that.
2: Get,
1: yeah. yeah. I
4: don't want to.
2: But, but, but I, I, we do agree that that helmet legislation does it can. decrease I, cycling. I, I don't I, agree. I, I don't disagree I, with that.
1: I don't disagree.
5: You know, before we had helmet legislation, we didn't have a horde of people riding bikes. Yeah, so. But, but, and, but there is some evidence from Australia years ago that showed a decrease in riders after they passed the helmet law. I got that. Yeah, New Zealand no, as that, well. That's really, that's really, and that's not what.
3: But that was adults, wasn't it? Today. Adult riders.
1: And
5: Vancouver, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Vancouver yeah. too. Yeah.
4: But, but Vancouver's not enforcing the law. So. That, would, would, and then they have a huge upswing. So, anyway, I don't... Let's not go there. It sounds so like we all so agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Gary? Yeah. You want to say... I, I feel like a little bit of an outsider
6: here. You guys seem to know each other, but... Uh, <laughs> no, no, know. no, we don't. <laughs> not necessarily. <laughs> okay, well, you're fighting pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, in any case, I, I just wanted to get in on the infrastructure and education. Uh, I think there may be some people who uh, think infrastructure can do it all. But I think most people interested in infrastructure recognize the importance of education. And if, if Charlie's going to talk about Europeanization of, of American bicycling, one of the most important things that they do there is education. Children are getting educated in grade schools, and they're tested on knowing the rules of the road and how to, how to use a bicycle in traffic in all the different facilities that they have. So uh, if there's somebody who thinks education is not important at all and we can do it all with infrastructure, uh, I'd like to hear from that person. I'd like to know what that argument is. On the other hand, uh, there's often a sort of a simplification of the bicycle driving perspective is that, and I consider myself on that camp, that we don't want any type of infrastructure. And that is not true at all either. I mean, there is lots of infrastructure that works great. Uh, bike paths on separated right-of-way or fine where they don't generate a conflicts if you're going to create bike lanes make them wide enough get them out of the door zone unfortunately the national standards for the minimum of these things are just downright dangerous and that's what we see basically for most of the bike lanes that i've seen in l.a county anyway but you can make them fine and there are some fine bike lanes in santa monica i've seen redondo beach uh, not too many in l.a although around uh, the airport where i live i there are some good ones there in pershing and manchester Uh,
1: Orange County also has some great bike lanes.
6: Yeah, Orange County, Irvine has some good ones, too, and there's no problem with that. Uh, Sharrow is a useful (laughs) lane where (laughs) the lanes are too narrow to put an adequate width bike lane. Uh, That's infrastructure. That's signage as well and and, uh, markings on the road, and that's fine. Uh, There are places where, uh, you know, separated side paths may make sense as well. Those tend to be along parks along rivers, places where there are not a lot of driveways and intersections, not places like Figueroa Street in downtown LA, where I measured like 75 driveways and intersections over a mile and a half, we'll see how that works out, but we need, I well, would argue that we need both.
2: Well, the problem in California though is, I mean, Procop is still law, right? Does anyone know if anything's been done to change that? And if no one knows what, what, what I'm talking law? about? So Procop, in, in 2007, a cyclist was riding on the LA river path. Um, there was a part of it that did not meet standards. Uh, he rode through it and n- in negotiating the part that didn 't meet standards, he basically fell off and scalped himself um, and He attempted to sue the city and the city said that it was a trail and under California law, um, no segregated side path can uh, no no municipality, no government in California can be held to any accountability for anything that happens on one of those and that 's right. been the precedent and so ever since two thousand and seven. Anything that happens to you on a bike path is your responsibility. And if there's, you know, if the city does anything terrible or dumb or negligent, that's not their fault. That's your fault. And I don't know why I'd want to ride on that.
3: On a a path or a trail?
2: Either. The LA River. Anything that's not on the street in California is considered a trail under California law. And you are riding at your 100% at your own risk.
4: Hmm. I've I've never never seen seen that.
6: that cyclist, and then you can sue the cyclist.
7: Yeah.
2: Right, yeah, hopefully yeah. Hopefully, someone else runs into you, but uh, okay, Well, I guess no one, if uh, I, if no one knows anything about it, then there's nothing to say about I, it, so I, never mind.
4: I the misconception on trails, though, is it, I, I, it's bothering to me how some people just feel that trails are not adequate for, especially multi-use trails. And I think this is one of the conflict areas we have with the, the vehicular cyclist kind of mentality, is They complain that, uh, you know, trails aren't good for bikes because there's too many pedestrians slowing things up and you can't go. But that's the same argument motorists have about us on the road. Well, it's not oh, just come a- on, come on. There are oh.
6: really big differences now. Bicycles and cars share operating characteristics in terms of their speed, ability sometimes. to sometimes
7: yeah. speed. To- to
6: maneuver. <laughs> now you're going to mix bicyclists with pedestrians. They are very different. In they can run. Speed. Pedestrians can jump <laughs> off to the side. So the problems with with the separated path. So you go down the beach path in L.A. You go to a Manhattan Beach and they have all of the pedestrians off on a separate path, and right. it works quite well. You go to Santa Monica where they have it separate; it works quite and well. And
3: if you go to downtown yes, Amsterdam, so they have all the bikes on a separate path, and they works quite well too. So it, it's the same. Uh,
1: but you're not talking about those. You're talking like the LA River right, Trail right. that has pedestrians. From
6: pedestrians, not separating cyclists from from cars. Right, but
3: but we okay. separate trucks out of general traffic too when when they're slower than than. Yeah, traffic flow. What
4: my, my point is, is like what the argument is that it's not always, bikes aren't always having to go fast. And for like we're discussing about giving opportunities for other people, they don't have a problem with the bike paths. And I don't have a problem with that. And most people don't. I mean, especially out where we live, you know, we have a different dynamic than the city, too, because you guys talk about bike lanes and door zones. Well, yeah, we have parallel parking. But you know what? Most people park there for the whole day i've i've only known one dooring in the inland empire in the last five years so it's not this you can't blanket everything and say well you know if it doesn't work bike lanes don't work in door zones well in some circumstances when it's you know a permanent residential parking and stuff like that there is adequate parking i mean adequate area for that and especially out by where we live those bike lanes are really great at reducing traffic. Speeds.
2: So so you think people should uh, ride in door zones? No, I'm not saying. I, I see, don't see people it, always right, ride okay. in door zones as yeah. it is. I'm not mm-hmm,
4: saying. Let me it. jump in. Okay. okay, go ahead. Let me jump
5: in because, because really what Mark is saying, I think, and I agree with as well, is it's one thing to build a facility. It's another to train people to use it safely. And this gets to Gary's point. It's not an either or on infrastructure or education. It's both of those things. And we come radically short on the education side of this conversation and, I agree uh, with you we, we have made headway on the infrastructure side but you know these are just tools these are just applications they all have strengths and weaknesses and sometimes they're misapplied but in most cases they they are functioning fairly well for us and so uh, it's, I think it's wrong to demonize whole the whole tool just because on occasion uh, it's misused, and uh, and and the real emphasis ought to be on training people to use these effectively, and that's what Kelly does, and that's that's really where the growth is in our community. Well,
2: how do you effectively uh, use a, a a bike lane that's been stuck in a door zone? I mean, there's I, I would pause That's right unsafe on the left at any side speed. Of it. Well, you know, right. <laughs> watch the cars you in gotta, front of you. Right, I, mean, I,
1: yeah. I,
3: I you do it
2: all the time. It's, you it, don't
1: have to ride in the bike lane. Two
2: twelve oh eight says you absolutely do have it, to ride in the bike lane. It, it, it says as far um, ride
1: it's, as
7: practicable.
2: No, that's two twelve oh two. If yeah, there's yeah, a bike lane, yeah. you lose that. Bike lanes take away your rights.
3: Yeah, says bike lane except for a safety hazard. If you the door zone's a safety had, hazard, I, then yeah. You ride, ride to
5: the far left of the bike lane, and you keep your eyes open for doors opening.
7: You well, know
2: that you ride not that's in the bike lane, and that's the problem. Is that you're you're any any police officer that encounters you riding not in the bike lane is not going to be particularly interested in the nuances of two twelve o two or two twelve o
5: eight. Well, that's not what I said. I said you ride to the far left, and you keep your eyes open. Well,
2: if it's car. if the far left is still in the door zone, what good is that going to do you? Uh,
4: once so you've got with, a, the a bike a, lane a there, six is, foot door opening up.
5: Is four feet wide, and you see the look. It comes back to you're right, Lars. Occasionally, a door will open, and if you if you're not keeping an eye on it, you'll hit the door. And so uh, it's it's your responsibility as a cyclist to pay attention to what's going on
3: there. That's the law. Is that
2: uh, you're supposed to you're supposed to watch for car doors opening.
3: And actually, actually, I believe the law is that car. Drivers or whoever's opening the door is supposed We're to watch supposed for to our approaching yes. traffic.
5: Right. Yeah, that's yes. all true, but that yeah. doesn't that doesn't preclude the yeah, point that exactly. the door's are open and it's your job to get out of the way when somebody screws up. Wait, my job is to
2: well, you, my you job can
5: hit to, the door if you want. How about yeah, my
1: job is to just sure. not ride
2: in the door and get knocked zone.
1: into the street? Yeah,
3: if you, you if you feel that's your prerogative, well then, do then let's it. get
2: rid of the bike lanes so I don't have to fight with the cops every time I do it.
1: We also have to look at cars coming out of driveways too. And they're supposed I mean, to give us the right-of-way, but that doesn't mean you ride down the street and don't look for those cars coming out of driveways and coming out of side streets. We, we still and look. That's,
2: and that's part of why lane control is so important.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, door door zone hazards aren't limited to bicycles only, though. I, I know plenty of lanes that are narrow enough where if you're if a you're car. in a car and yeah. you open that door, that door is coming off the car.
1: That's right. It, so should and cars not or drive in the, the door zone? <laughs> yeah. Cars
3: should not drive in the door zone. <laughs> Seems
2: well, like a really you, bad idea. They,
1: oh right. no, I mean, well let's close that street. <laughs> yeah. I mean I mean
4: you're you're dealt with you're we got what we have right now. I and mean, we have to work with what we have. I don't understand like yeah, okay we you wanna shut an entire segment of the population off just because you don't want to ride in the door zone.
2: And the terrorist thing of in the population who, who, by your own admission, doesn't ride bikes. You're yeah, hoping they ride bikes. No,
4: but a lot of them want to. Yeah, okay. so they so don't feel safe.
2: So people who want to ride bikes but don't, I'm, I guess I'm entirely disinterested in their plight. I'm interested in right, the plight of the, people well, who do ride bikes. Okay.
4: Right, and see, and that's,
7: that's well, the, there's
4: probably the bigger disconnect. And you see this on. How do where, we define who rides bikes? Yeah. Yeah. If we don't give them, the you get on
2: a bike and you ride it. Uh, so, uh,
4: so everyone no Because I see a lot
3: of people on the bi- on the street on bikes
2: and no, someone riding the wrong direction on a stolen on a bike. bike is on a bike. They're one of me.
3: All right, so most of them feel better in a bike lane, whether or not they will take the door zone hazard that it may or may not create, because most of them ride there in the, to begin with. Based most, on what um, I'm
1: seeing with the classes I teach, because we do a survey before classes. And and I have to agree with you that most people feel more comfortable when there is the infrastructure there. Well, that's why people ride family?
4: on sidewalks. Can ask you something? Yeah.
6: What? Right. Uh, in cycling savvy, we teach cyclists to always stay at least five feet away from vehicles that are parked
1: parallel. What do right. you do in your courses? Uh, the courses that I teach, I also do that. I teach five feet away. Five feet. This is this is one of the most common crashes.
6: For cyclists, I can show you a map of Chicago that'll, that'll really out cool in it. the Empire. And this is one that you can <laughs> completely avoid. A cyclist has control to completely avoid that crash by staying at least five feet away. And I have video of, of my doing that and doors opening to my right, and I just go by. If Charlie's going to tell us that you can look inside and see when somebody's going to open a door to a headrest and smoke glass, I am not going to believe that.
3: I, so I do it all the wonder, time. Yeah. I I I video most of my rides, and I on, on one occasion have a a the door opening in over two years of riding in the Inland Empire. Out in the Inland Empire, we get people run over. I have yet to hear of one during in the Inland Empire yeah, yet.
4: And okay, well, in the big cities, it happens a lot. Right? Yeah, and, right. and there might be
3: a difference between uh, big cities and. The suburbs and the exurbs and the rules, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's sure. not a one size fit all approach. either. Yeah. And I
6: think but that's but, what but we are making facilities that uh, you're putting a bike lane, which is basically a door, zone, when you have a seven foot parking lane and a five foot bike lane. I mean, that's what it is. And I've sent I have a, a URL. I said
7: Oh no, it,
3: I'd agree
6: of, of a video where I am riding on the left side of a door zone bike lane on Washington Avenue going down the Venice Beach and a Culver City bus. Comes by and almost pulled me off with the with the draft. Sure. No, I, I agree. Are there the, are there oh, any no.
2: bike lanes? Are there any bike lanes that professional advocates would uh, admit are bad and should be removed? Or you don't like. Wait. no way? I, I, I have a whole list of them. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, when yeah. that's I, fair.
3: I, all the time I review environmental reports, the drafts, whatever. I comment on them. I always call for bike lanes that leave space between the door and the traffic.
2: And, I, you, and you'd agree with removing the ones that don't.
3: I wouldn't necessarily agree with removing outright removing them. Removing dangerous bike lane. You'd never because when you remove the dangerous bike lane, now you have a 17 foot wide lane, twenty one two oh You two is going to force you to ride to the right of it anyway.
4: So you're you're wait, still in the same position.
2: Well. There's a there's a differentiation between 08 and 02, but that so but that, that, the, I guess
3: 08 so, oh, oh, says bike lane.
2: I don't think there's a right and a wrong here because I think what we're trying to find out is are th- are there people who would there's not a single bike lane in this world that you would remove? So oh I, 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 oh, that, yeah. that's I can that's think a, of quite a few. Okay, and that's fair, right? So that's common ground, i for I'm not I'm not. So that's what like, I got you, would you, know?
3: you then agree that there are plenty places where we could put a cycle track?
2: Um, in California, I think it'd be a terrible idea until <laughs> pro cop gets dealt with. <laughs> well, uh, so but, so I, th-
4: so. I, 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 do you know for a fact that a cycle track falls under that law? Yes. Really? 100%. I've yet to see that. Considering most cycle tracks would be built on the existing roadway in the first place.
2: We're talking about a bike path or a A no, cycle lane? track.
4: A cycle track. Separated facility, which now they're calling for Caltrans is just to Adjacent to
3: roadway, but within right. the same right of way of the highway. Yeah, right. Now, adjacent to roadway, so it would, be, it would be to the
2: right of the white stripe. Well, it depends on where it, what, it how they could, it could yeah. not be a white. It could be it could a be curb. It could I think be if a yeah, median. or it could be the left. I that mean, that Long one,
1: Beach has some that are to the left. That, that one, one we have to do some
2: homework. I suspect that if it's separated by a curb, they would say it's a trail. If not, no, 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 no it's, not. A, cycle track. it's um, called a
4: separated bike lane. Yeah, so yeah, so this how is with the
2: white bollards or without them. It could be curb. See, I well. Now well,
3: it says a the roadway. I
2: guess the the answer but, is it's going to have to go to court because I don't think that's if that hasn't been enumerated in the law. I mean the only the only reason we have pro is just because did. they enumerated what in the law.
4: Well no, Caltrans just defined it. Yes. Well
2: Caltrans doesn't write the law. So what does the law well, say? the
4: law is on the law states it's still a right-of-way and it's still a roadway.
5: Okay. It's still a, it's still it's considered a bike lane in California you're required to put a hard curb up, and that's the reason why we extruded a mile and a half on each side of Broadway and Third, uh, and have cars parked up against that, and then we have a 12-foot-wide cycle track, a protected bike lane. uh, Charlie, it's, it's it's not
6: a bike lane. A bike lane is part of the roadway, contiguous part of the roadway, separated by a single white stripe. Bike lanes are mandatory in California. Separated bikeways are not mandatory. When you label them as bike lanes, and they're not bike lanes, and you're describing them as bike lanes, and you're calling them protected, and they're not protected at every driveway and intersection, you're causing some real problems there.
5: Let me just suggest to you that we, did, we had our engineer study uh, two years after we installed the separated bikeways or protected bikeways in Long Beach. We haven't had any crashes. We haven't had any problems. We've reduced the number of car-car crashes, uh, we've increased the number of bicyclists. It's all been a very positive experience.
1: And you're talking now about the ones on Broadway and on Third, mm-hmm. correct, Charlie?
5: Right. right.
1: And so, you know, I got you. That I got
5: you. That, that people fear change. I got it. That you can, can that you can contrive all kinds of scenarios, but our evidence uh, points to just the opposite. And so that's the reason it stayed. By the way, you wouldn't you wouldn't find a cycle track in California. Uh, that stayed, if you started killing people or seriously injuring them or even hurting them, they'd be pulled right back out. But you notice none of them have come back out, and it's because they're not setting, none of the, the anxiety that many people have has come to fruition there. And there, and there are plenty of driveways and there are plenty of, um, of alleyways and so forth. We're, we're, they're controlled intersections. We've put up street lights, uh, uh signal lights. To control the the turning movements for motors uh, and through cyclists, and that's the reason why we've got a very positive safety record.
6: And do you keep track of cyclists, cyclist crashes, and cyclists pedestrian crashes?
5: Of course, that's all. I, I, again, I, and I, you know, if, uh, I've got a survey. KoA, our, an engineering firm, did it two years after we installed it, and uh, and it's it's been about a year and a half since we did it. And to my knowledge, there's still. Then no crashes uh, related to car, 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 bike, or
7: anybody else.
6: Yeah, I've been on a cycle track in Ninth uh, Avenue, New York City. It's one-way street. All the cross streets are one-way. Every there's no driveways that I can remember. Every intersection is controlled except for signals for bicyclists. That works pretty well. Although you let see me just let me just let let, well, so well let me just
5: jump be. in and tell you that that the the, lost, the, the, the Long Beach. Facilities were designed based on the New York model. I'm the one, I, and New York came from Copen, Copenh, Copenhagen. And so it's a very similar design as in New York City uh, because they put theirs in two years ahead of us, learned from them, and applied those lessons in, in Long Beach.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, like that could work, but now am I required to use that cycle track?
5: No. And in fact, uh, I, I don't. Sometimes when I'm in a hurry, I, I mix with traffic and
7: go. So no, you're not.
6: And how do motorists react to that when there is a cycle path or separated side path on the side, and you're controlling the lane? Well,
7: what we
6: also did.
5: Well, what we also no. did was, what we also did was lower. We, we uh, uh, fixed the lights so that it went smoother. We lowered the speed limit by like our, the the f- actual speed by about five miles per hour, and so uh, as an experienced cyclist, I can keep up with the flow of traffic. And therefore, it's not a problem. But I think
2: I think the answer and is though. If
5: you slow anyone down, they're going to lose their minds. Yeah, but
7: that's well, going to happen anyhow. That's yeah, it happens fun. now. Yeah, sure, yeah, but, yeah, but no, it's, it's
2: exacerbated when there's a
3: when there's a facility there though. Uh, depends, depends on depends on, on if the yeah. facility is designed properly or not. If you don't yeah. design a proper facility, then well, of course it'll be exacerbated. Yeah. exacerbated. You've yeah. never had someone yell, at "You
7: get on the." I yeah, all, I I, on the sidewalk, yeah. they yeah. tell me to get, on get, on the the get it off the road. I get
3: honks, like four or five honks every day on a road that doesn't even have a sidewalk.
7: Yeah,
1: yeah. there you go. Yeah, there's a curb, well, there's, so, there's dirt, I, well, there's nothing. I right. get honks all day long. No, harassment
2: happens everywhere, but I th- I think the point that's being made is that bad facilities that cyclists don't want to use, not only are they there sucking up political will... Okay, yeah, you can, I you can avoid there. it, but now you're like it will exacerbate the situation, and it does goad motorists into wondering why you're in their way if there's a, a spot I, I, for you. I would
3: agree there, and I mean a perfect example is what's being proposed. I believe it's Washington Street in Hoboken, New Jersey. You look at their plans; they call for eight foot wide two bi directional cycle track. That is far inadequate, in my view. Eight foot wide is barely adequate for a one direction, mm-hmm. and if you look into the, the recommendations in the crow manual, that that barely covers one way cycle track for 50 cyclists per hour. So for eight foot wide cycle track, that, that's, that's useless. And of course, any anyone's gonna use the road. But I, mean, I agree, it's sucking up political will, sucking up money, and it, it's really gonna do a disservice to cycling on that street, because anyone who does wanna go somewhere will use the road. I know I probably would too, and you're so you're gonna have that same problem. So uh, I agree. If if they're designed bad, they better just not do anything. So the the real issue is make sure they're designed properly, and
2: and that's really hard because we it's as, not really hard. I think so because we as individuals, I mean, there's a lot we can do to organize and work together and ask for things. And if we ask for bike facilities, that is, I mean, we're not going to come with design documents. That's going to get handed I over. Do. <laughs> okay, you win. Okay, you win. Right. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, the engineers that. Uh, build roads that are going to build the bike facilities. And,
3: and I complain be- of everything they do if it's not adequate. If, if I have a, I have a copy of the Dutch Crow manual, the design manual for bicycle traffic, I compare everything that comes out to that.
1: If oh, it- I need a copy of that. <laughs> it's I want- and, and oh, really? Oh, <laughs> about well.
2: Euros. <laughs> see, my, I guess, I guess <laughs> on my side of the divide, what I'm super, what I would love to see, and doesn't cost anything, and I guess that's what's So frustrating is that there's there's these projects that suck up a lot of time and a lot of political will, a lot of money, (laughs) and they don't help me. Whereas, you know, I'm out there doing what I do and getting bothered by the police.
4: Yeah, but I I don't get get bothered by. It comes back. You're thinking about yourself only. Heck yeah, amen. (laughs) That's how politics works. (laughs) I don't have that luxury. When I put out ghost bikes, when I do this stuff, families call me. Why did this happen? And there are people who get hit from behind. Taking the lane, there are people who do things wrong. People get hit by trains like knuckleheads. Well, that's your problem? Because you get paid to, to do it. it.
3: I mean... I don't get
2: paid to uh, do this. She doesn't get paid to do okay. this. Okay. Well, if you
4: think I get paid, <laughs> it, barely <laughs> covers my, it barely covers my gas to come out I'm here. Sorry, i sorry.
2: I thought you were ED. I'm sorry. I, thought I am. You were, okay. But it doesn't
4: mean I get paid a lot. Okay. Right. But it's All your right. job. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so what I really, really want... You know, I've got this document here, and it, what kind of a jerk brings a document to a radio show? But it's from <laughs> 1998, and does. man, I know this kind of jerk, right? I want okay. this so badly. This is something that the uh, chief of police in San Francisco issued to the cops, and it's basically. In
1: 1998.
2: 1998, and it says this is Fred Lau, who's long retired now, and he spells out, look, here's what 21202 is. He then has a diagram of bike should be out in traffic, and cars should go around it. And then another picture that shows bike in door zone uh, getting hit. turning into a door zone. And a car trying to squeeze through, and that's Mm -hmm. not the way it works. And just the bottom says, clarification. When a bicyclist is to the right in a lane, but maintaining a safe distance from parked vehicles, in order to avoid car doors suddenly opened by motorists, this may narrow the lane to the point where it can no longer be shared safely by both bike and the vehicle. In this instance, the bicycle owns the lane, and a vehicle must change lanes in order to pass. A bicycle is not impeding the flow of traffic under these conditions. When passing a cyclist, motorists should change lanes as per the diagram on the front of this bulletin. Signed, chief of police. This would cost nothing or almost nothing if we had every chief of police in every municipality around here sign one of these. And I could have one of these in my back pocket. How much would that change my life when I'm dealing with an angry, uninformed cop? I have no idea, but I I, I, I do know how much.
4: Well, yeah, cops on every corner. (laughs) How's that going to change anything?
2: No, I'm not worried about being harassed by by civilians. That sucks enough. I hate being harassed by cops. Other
4: than Milton Olin, Olin who got killed by a cop.
2: Well, it's not just getting killed by the cop. You've, you've never had a cop come up on you and, and hit, hit his lights and say, get over, get out of the no. road, get no, out of the No, I, I've never no. had that
1: happen. Never have it happen. Never have it happen. Well, I, had that happen. No one here has ever oh.
2: never no. been bothered by a cop. No. Bad
3: luck, dude. No, no.
1: never. No.
2: All right. Well, me and the people, okay, I am I live in that land. Okay. Yeah, we
3: unfortunately, we don't. Uh, all the well, police activity we get to head. do is when they close a the road because someone got run over.
6: Uh, who, could I could I guess for identification who just read that uh statement? I'm sorry this
2: is this is Lars Lettinen, and I was reading uh, part of a memo that the chief of police wrote to his okay. street cops
6: so, okay now if you really want to solve this problem there are there are two states in the United States that don't have any mandatory bike lane they don't even have a far to the right Bicyclists are basically uh vehicles and and
2: well that, no that's not what I'm that's not what i'm I'm not saying that I'm saying that I want it To be clear to the cops that I'm allowed to be in the road because I get crap from well, the cops Well, that's what Gary's saying.
3: Time. If you repeal the you law, it would that be clear. By
6: repealing the far to the right law, 21202, you repeal it by by repealing the mandatory bike lane law, and you re, you make it clear that you cannot impede as a as a bicycle. Uh, you can do these types of things, but you have to change the law. Well, under
2: two twelve oh two, my understanding is that we're already there. That you that it's far the right as practicable, and if there are cars there, you shouldn't ride there in the door zone. So we I mean, we have that now, don't we? Yes.
6: yes, but the okay. I have about my I have my third appearance to make as an expert witness in Santa Monica in January for two one two. 21202 infractions given by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's on the Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Right,
7: and okay. this, and, and
2: if there was a document like this where the cops were told, knock it off, bikes are allowed to be out there, stop
4: giving... There is. It has happened. There's a you, memo? Yeah, there's yeah, been there memos. Is we have copies of them. The thing is, you can't... Cops do what cops do. If they think you're impeding traffic, they still can pull you over and say, you're you're actually a safety hazard being there that's not going to change. You repeal 202. Cops no, can still that. I don't want do to repeal
2: anything. I want, a, I want a letter from their boss saying, this is how it's supposed to work. And I want to be able to have a photocopy with me and say, look, the chief of police here in Glendale, Even City, if you have that photocopy, do you really
1: think that would stop the cops from pulling you over? They're still they're, me over pulling me over. Maybe pulling me over, but,
2: but writing me a citation, if it's very clear that, like, look, this is the law.
4: The guys who got pulled over on PCH had the letter from the sheriff. And they still harassed it's, him. It's, yeah. There's, it's on video. It's so like, I have the letter well, well, here. And they wouldn't look at it. The captain at the Malibu Lost Health
6: Sheriff Station will not tell that to his deputies. Uh, Law enforcement offices have, under their own discretion, they interpret the law there. And we've been through this. We've had Mm -hmm. meetings with them. We've had meetings with the CHP. And mostly everybody agrees. We have about two or three deputies that don't. They can continue to write tickets. They can force us to come to court twice, once. To protest the ticket or contest it, then come back for the trial, and they don't even have to show up. And you've paid for a lawyer; you've wasted yep. a day uh, away from work, and they can do this as much as they want. Why? Because there is a law that they can put down on the ticket: two one two o two, or a bike lane law, whatever it is. So, if you want equality you got to get rid of the
3: law. But, but if we get rid of the law, then you, you still have the regular 21-656, I believe, the regular slow vehicle law. And That's it still says as far that right that, as practicable.
6: But that says is that when you have multi-lane roads, what do you have to do? You use the right lane.
3: Sometimes, sometimes it's not safe to use the right lane. I, I know of numerous roads in the Inland Empire where I literally have to use the middle or maybe even left lane. Because the right lane is full of potholes and it's unrideable. Well, then I guess. That
6: <laughs> and and 21656
3: wouldn't cover me in that case. 21202 theoretically could, because you know I, I usually ride with video anyway. And it's like, look, there, there are moon craters on this lane. I can't ride there, and 656 well, the wouldn't the Broadway, give me that leeway. The, the,
6: the roadway is unsafe, nobody can make you ride there. Uh, but the but the basis well, six, law says that. We're looking. If you want equality for with motorists, I mean, you need to take out the the the, the specific laws that discriminate against cyclists. But as do we want people,
3: e- do we want equality
6: with, with motorists? Absolutely. Why? Well, bec- why? Because they have a right to use the full lane. That's what bicycle driving is. Well, like I- control as being normal and expected and a reasonable movement of traffic that you have the lane, first come, first serve. That's how it works for, for motorists. That's how it works for, for cyclists who are going to obey the laws and have the rights to do that. So now what what sides do not want
3: that? Yeah, well there is a d- huge difference. It depends on the the, the lane. I mean I, again I know of numerous lanes, especially we have this problem a lot in the inland Empire. again. They decide, hey look, in twenty thirty five we're going to have six thousand cars per day. So right now, in 2012, we're going to build the road that is 80 foot wide roadway. We're not going to stripe the lanes. We're just going to build it that wide. So so now we have a, four, a 25 foot wide expanse. What what portion of that should the cyclist be allowed to take? That
6: the cyclist should be able to make his own decision as where it is, where where riding
3: is going to be safe. Precisely, but but he. Presumably, a car could share the lane with him, and so. so
6: why, why is it that cyclists are the only users of the roadway? Well, no, I, I, I defensive driving is illegal.
3: No, I I would do it as a car too. I mean, I I pass people. I've I've shared lanes I, with. I share lanes with people whether I'm riding my driving my car, my bike, a motorcycle, whatever. I, I I've shared lanes with people in in cars. There are plenty of lanes in Inland Empire where and uh, numerous other places where that's sternly possible and with plenty of places, space to spare. So if you, you get rid of 21 you're still left with 21-656, and some enterprising officer might come along and say, hey, look, I've seen cars share the lane here. Why would we allow a bicycle to take the whole lane? And and he still pulls you over, ridden down 21-656 on your ticket, and you're still in court, and, and now without any sort of defense.
4: Here's my thing. You know, we're, we're talking about, like, we're back to the one, this, this, the 8% that will do this. Here's the difference between bikes and cars, and we need to recognize this. Anybody can ride a bike. You know, not anybody can just get it. We have kids that are three years old that can ride bikes. Right? I'm not sticking them out in the lane. Right? I do bike trains in Temecula and everywhere. I am not taking kids on a 45 mile an hour road. It's not going to happen. All right, so there's a big difference. The other difference is you're licensed as a driver. We're not licensed as a, a bicycle. All right? Unless want you want to start doing mothers, that, which the, I don't agree
3: with. And that would be equality.
4: equality. Yeah, equality. if you want equality, let's start licensing and registering our bikes all the time. Well, I mean, that's equality.
2: And, and the bicycle so drivers. Cyclists and? cyclists have a right to the road. I mean, this is like common law
6: stuff back to Magna Carta. I mean, we... Right, right. I agree. Right. We Okay, so
3: how much you're of the road is the question? A
6: bicycle is a privilege, and you must be licensed because... 35,000 people are killed a year by land missiles called cars. So no, I to,
4: We agree. So I there do. is there is no equality because we're we're totally vulnerable on the road. We're at their mercy.
1: Well, and the other point oh, that you make is you're not at your mercy. Yeah.
3: Well, until <laughs> someone is texting like reference Milt Olin. Yeah.
1: So then you're so at you're their you're mercy.
6: You that you want to have unequality? So that we're forced to ride on the edge, and that's no. The that's no. the
4: difference. See, this is what I don't understand with the VC. It's like all or nothing. It's like no. What we're saying is, we still have a right to the road, but I want other opportunities for other users that want to ride bikes. They should have the opportunity, and they shouldn't be forced to ride See, on a sidewalk. I agree with
2: you. I think the speed limit in in Los Angeles should be thirty miles an
3: hour. Tops
4: twenty-five. Everywhere. 25 tops. New York okay. just went
2: twenty-five, and they're uh, doing Vision Zero.
3: Let's do it. If LA is doing Vision Zero too, they need to follow New York. 25.
4: But we're not there, and you're not going to get that where we live. You're not going to get it outside. Hey, the hey can we all agree on lowering
7: speed
1: limits? Oh,
4: oh yes, yeah,
1: absolutely. Hey, we got some. Except okay. when I'm driving. <laughs>
2: Except well, on the interstate. That's, that's actually, that's a stallion point, because there are, I mean, there are people within bike advocacy that say, like, look, I still drive. I don't want to be slowed down. I mean, is that you're mm. okay you're okay with twenty
4: five mile an hour oh, speed. Okay, right? In the city, yeah. No, I mean on you're the,
3: not
1: in okay. the city, in the city. Yes. In, in, in the city. Not on the okay. freeway. No. The yeah. highway go
4: nuts. No, yeah. but I would yeah, I would use Portland as a great example. I mean, you I mean Portland's it's made a new standard. I mean they their neighborhood streets are twenty five or less. Their arterials are thirty five. Okay. They've had in nine years two cyclists killed. All right. We can't even call, we can't hold anything to that. They've done the facilities, they've done uh, the first ones, they've really done really administered um, bike boulevards, and you're looking at a huge difference. Does
2: the California Bicycle Coalition or People for Bikes support a 25-mile-an-hour speed limit? Uh,
4: You know, it's what
5: everybody else said, and that is there's certain streets where it makes a whole lot of sense to do that, and we support, uh, particularly on higher-speed streets, bike facilities that create a separation Mm -hmm. because of the obvious – yeah. Uh, so
2: no, you you want to have you want bikes out of the way. You don't want lower speed limits.
7: No, no. Oh. Oh. See, that's, what, that's exactly the reason.
5: So he's nothing. Well, he's hiding. let's not. Stop.
4: Let him finish. That's absolutely that's bogus.
5: No, come on. Uh, let's, let's get into the world of reality for a moment and recognize that uh, that your city, Los Angeles, is built around automobiles exclusively. And in fact, to your previous point. Uh, they're still ticketing uh, uh, pedestrians for not clearing the crosswalk before the light turns. Old people are getting tickets for for not being fast enough in crosswalks. Okay, and
7: so, you, so, so you, uh, the,
5: the reality in Los Angeles and Southern California in general is that uh, you're not going to get the speed limits dropped, and therefore the the separation of facilities on higher speed roads, uh, and you know I'll concede to you that that are done well, so that you're not put in a more hazardous condition uh, is the right approach in my opinion and if that means dropping from three car travel lanes to two I'm all over that well, what are and
2: you what more, what are you guys going to do likely, to lower speed limits
3: uh, bike lanes uh, actually uh, well, when first, combined yeah, with rope
5: well first of all we can get rid of the 85th percentile that yeah. that that artificially causes the speed to go up when 85% or the 85th percentiles applied uh, but that's, you know, most of the, the problem that you have is, I think, uh, trying to ride on an arterial sp- where the speed is actually close to the effective speed is like 40 miles per hour, right?
2: Well, that's where the stop signs aren't, so yeah.
5: It's not going to change. It, you're not going to get that down to 25 in uh, Los Angeles. And so well, do, you support,
2: you can- do you support lowering it to 25 in Los Angeles?
5: I am a realist, Lars. I, I don't live in a fantasy world okay, where well, that's, but, that's so, not right, gonna happen.
2: but say you did have the you did have the the mojo, the political will, the juice behind you. Do you support lowering the speed limit in Los Angeles to 25 miles an hour like the rest of us? No. no.
7: I, okay, I,
1: I, that's no. A, I just and wanted and, to hear and no. And I you. don't and I don't either. Okay, and that's I don't fair. think that's realistic just, because well, of well, how realistic the,
2: realistic or not, it's not the question. Do you support it or not? Yes, yes it is, or no? no. It, it, where where like, the, within the within the city limits of Los Angeles, no all, are the speed all streets, not the freeway,
5: yeah, a so all streets. It's a ridiculous proposition to put out there, and it's and this is mental masturbation that's wasting everybody's time. Right. Right. I just I just that's want to know where everyone, everyone stands.
3: That's fair. No, I mean uh, even if you go to Copenhagen, Amsterdam, even there are plenty of streets where the speed limit is higher than thirty kilometers per hour, which is right. the default city limit. Yeah, and, no, and I'm, I'm not. I'm not. And, 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 and so to say every single street needs to be twenty five is is, is, uh, yeah, is I, I'm is, not the really good guy.
2: I just know what I want, and I just want to know who. Else Else wants what I want and I think that's well that's no, we I, guess, get, no I, I guess
4: you, you live in a, a luxury that we can't because we actually have to work with city engineers city officials and we can't deal in with it well this is what I want give me what I want no I have to look out for I got kids I got pedestrian I got cyclists. Right. I got the lycra group I got a bunch of groups that I look well first out for. we
2: figure out what we want and then we and then we no, enter into communication. Different.
3: Uh, you know, I mean, no, no, no. Like, driving, like I, I said, I drive. Drive, drive sometimes too, you know? And okay. If I'm going across town, See, I do they're, too. I am plenty arteries. I am totally okay with that. There's a reason they call them arterials, I got, I got, and they should have got higher
5: speeds. I want a professional tailwind also, but that doesn't mean it makes any sense to talk <laughs> about it. Okay.
2: So, so uh, that's it. That's it. I am alone in wanting lower speed limits.
7: No! no, no you're, God. you're stuck. <laughs> That's you you, you are alone
2: in antagonizing <laughs> the situation. Yes, okay. but the yeah, rest yeah. of us want
3: lower you're, speed you're, limits. But we, we don't. We want have. But, you will,
2: but it's not. But it's it, not like a. It's not a plank of any platform. Well, of yes, it is.
3: It, it is. But the it, there's not one specific speed that is good for every single street. Right.
2: Okay, so right. 25 miles an hour, no. 25 generally an hour. lowered, maybe. De- oh depend God. on Go the street, yes. No, I just... I, no, well, that's the thing. Is like, is it, I he want... He wants a re- yes or no. Yeah. I want a definitive well,
1: There's no
3: definitive answer There's in this. It's a
1: black
2: and white world for him. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, have you seen in some things, you? things in, in that position, yes. In, well, in, in wanting that, yes. And that's, that's fair for me to want that, and it's fair to you all tell me I'm crazy but it's just we no we're not either or gonna say you're crazy, you're crazy or, or i'm wrong or i'm or i'm an idea, or i'm i'm something all, all sorts of pejorative or dreaming but or whatever but it's worthwhile for us to know what each other wants and because i think it's i think we blow past each other all the time because we all want different stuff but because we all ride bikes and we all like seeing people ride bikes we assume that we all want the same stuff and that we're all no, pulling no. towards the no, same no, goal I mean, and that, i don't think we are
3: be that'd be hazardous i mean sometimes i ride 30 miles per hour i wouldn't want to get ticketed yeah, I, I I tend to like thirty, but you guys said twenty-five, so maybe well, really whipped up into a fraud. Well, I mean, I mean there, there, there's re- really it should be twenty because if you look at uh, data, uh, crash data, there's like a fivefold increase in death risk when you go from twenty to twenty-five mile per hour crash, or is it twenty to forty, something like that. Yeah. But still, twenty miles per hour is about the safest speed for a crash. And after that, the risk just skyrockets. I guess
2: I'm a pedant and I get
6: confused and There's I feel like I'm chasing you guys. In, in the United Kingdom called 20, 20 is, is Plenty 20 for us. And they have converted entire cities there where the residential streets are 20 miles per hour, right. which corresponds right. to the slower residential streets in Northern Europe, which is 30 kilometers per hour. And it virtually makes no difference on travel time. You think about how long you're going to be on a residential street. I'm not talking about a collector or an arterial. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you now can create... Bicycle Boulevard, You can connect those together. You can start doing things, putting in in mini roundabouts and roundabouts. I know Long Beach has done some of those as well. Yeah, on
1: Vista you Street, a
6: whole network where. And I'd be happy riding my bicycle my at twenty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe a few down, downhills. I might go a little faster than that. Twenty is plenty for me as a cyclist. I mean, that would be fine. So I like that. the <laughs> arterials, no, uh,
5: Martin, we just articulated. You just articulated the common ground there, and and. So yeah, I I I've, have done my share of bike boulevard designs, including uh, uh, Long Beach, and I can tell you that that is the optimum condition, uh, and and so that's the middle, that's the common ground that we have here, and uh, and I would argue that on arterials, it makes a whole lot of sense to separate out car traffic from bike traffic. That's not to say that I that I support high speeds necessarily for motorists. But the reality is they're going to be higher than 20 or 25 miles per hour on arterials. But if you separate them out, all of a sudden now it doesn't really impact me as a cyclist if that car is going uh, 35 or 45 miles per hour.
6: Or 65. If you're going to stay out of the door zone on a door zone bike lane, it will impact you. So can we all agree that if you're going to put in a bike lane, let's make them safe so that you can be out of the door zone and get adequate passing distance from the cars in the travel lane to your left, and that they're so that the motorists will come in and merge into that bike lane before
4: the intersections that are right hooking across it at the last instant.
6: Can we agree to something
4: like that? Yes. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. I, I, I don't think anybody's arguing that. I think that the argument is that we can't have that stuff at all, and, and it's not a one-size-fits-all the, the aug- the argument.
6: The argument comes up, and this is what I see is when. Uh so so Santa Monica puts in some nice bike lanes and they have door zone buffers to them and I will, you know, write to their webpage and I'll say, Hey, this is great. I hope you can make all of your bike lanes like this, you know, with that space between the door zone and the space for cars to come around and say that'd be nice and I get the response when there's room enough. And the assumption is that any bike lane is better than none. No, you know? no, I agree I agree, well, I agree that, with you. It's it's
3: yeah. i if I see a bike lane that's substandard. I, I don't ride in it either. But I think there's a correlation and I, I And I definitely... Uh, I definitely... Any bike lanes that I see proposed, I call to make... I propose to make sure that they're wide enough. And, you know, if, if we're building a brand new development, why, why bother around with bike lanes to begin with?
6: Allow a five-foot bike lane next to a seven-foot parking lane and a ten-foot travel lane. And that oh, bike I'd, lane is completely... That is... And designers and engineers will design to those minimum criteria. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Some cities like Redondo Beach and and Santa Monica are trying to go beyond that. But uh, as long as those guidelines sit there... No, I agree.
3: The guidelines should be updated. And I mean, Caltrans is supposed to be developing standards for Class 4s, for cycle tracks. They should update their standards for everything else as well at the same time. And so...
4: But here's the thing. Uh, well,
3: we get in the inland empire though. We we don't. We, yeah. We we don't have the problem of space. They're, 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 the the common death roads, as streets.mn called them, don't really exist in the inland empire because they're all in the older cities that built up earlier. Nowadays, okay. you can't even put a road diet on most of the new roads in the inland empire because they come with the center lane already and with the quote unquote generous six foot bike lane and there's no parking allowed. So the the those problems don't exist in all places.
4: But the problem we have out there is because a lot of those facilities on 45-plus hour roads, with people f- are—
3: 17-foot-wide outside yeah, lanes.
4: Yeah, people are just not going to ride on that. I mean, families are not going to take their kid out on a, a, somebody who's driving 55 miles an hour. It's just not going to happen, and I will not do it. And no matter how much training I give a kid, and we do a lot of trainings with kids, it just—that's not even conceivable. Because I'll tell you right now, even though these aren't my kids— when I get out there on a road and I I got to deal with 45 mile hour cars, my heart is, p- is pounding, because the last thing I want to be is encouraging these kids. Their parents giving them to me for the day to take them to school and then getting slaughtered, because mm-hmm. that's well, that'll end it. That'll end anything happening at that school ever again where a kid. And and how do they ride on the
6: neighborhood streets? Are they up against the no, it, edge? Are they up against? No, it all it, it, it all depends.
4: Like if we for Redlands for we have a green bike lane on Brookside. Now it's in the, yeah, in your classification, yes a door zone, but you know what?
3: It's not a seven foot wide park lane. Yeah, and it's also, it's only a 10
4: foot lane. (laughs) So cars are going slower. We've got a green bike lane and it's made all the difference in the world for that town. Yeah, it's a door zone, but we don't have the same problem. People are coming in and out of these homes. You know, most of it's residentials along these streets and apartments. They're not coming in and out all day. It's in the morning they leave or in the afternoon they come back, but the car's generally there or not there. Okay, so it's Russian roulette with a cylinder that takes uh, 50
2: mm.
6: cartridges instead of
2: uh, just eight or six. Yes. Okay. Sure. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah,
4: that, that that you know what, I here's mean, the thing. I've still- had three cyclists killed on that road before those green bike lanes were put in. And in two years it's been there, nothing has happened. Not even one cyclist got hit.
7: Mm-hmm.
4: So, you know, I mean, and there's only been one door zone. And that happened before even the green bike lanes were in. And it's in a, an area where the, the door happened when it wasn't e- there wasn't even a bike lane there. So it can happen anywhere. There's also a courtesy issue too where cyclists sometimes move over just to let people go and that'll put you in a door zone. But you know what? Hey, you know what? If you, if you want to bag on me for... You know, being courteous to drivers instead of backing them up and I move to the right and I put myself in the door zone for a little brief time. Heck, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to be a nice guy and do that. And you can sit there and say I'm stupid for, you know, playing Russian roulette with my life and stuff, which is bogus. But you're, you're using anecdotal situation and creating more situation, making that something that is very unlikely to happen in where we live in Redlands. And you can't you can't blanket everything like this. There's situations you. That's what we do. We work with every town and city. We go through every plan that we can get our hands on and try to find the best solutions within their budget.
1: And that's what you teach. Yeah. You also teach that that they have to make a decision as a cyclist how you're going to ride in the lane. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean it's it's. It, it's, it's applicable for every driver, you know. Their situation is not limited to just on your bike. Sure. People open their doors in front of you and you're driving. Someone pulls out in front of you. Someone cuts you off. Somebody pulls into the,
4: uh, the crosswalk when you're walking. Mm-hmm. It, there's a hazards out there that's always going to be.
3: They're not limited to, to bikes. And, I mean, there are plenty of lanes, like I said earlier, that are right up against parking lanes where someone could get a door. It's just usually... I mean, unfortunately, a lot of cyclists do ride without lights. And so... If, if you're riding with So kids. I have a
1: question. How can we get better education for cyclists?
4: Well, we need better education oh. for drivers, too. I mean, it's yes. across uh, the board. Yes, but right. I just want to ask that, that one on question. The roads? Why not just well, go I mean, to all the schools
3: in general? Yeah,
4: I mean, what we do is we have a contract with the um, like, uh, county of uh, Riverside okay. for um, Safe Ross School program, mm-hmm. and I do a, what we call a bike ambassador program. I get eight, 8 to 12 students, and I teach them skills, safety, and mechanics and how to how to ride properly in the road okay and those are the four classes two of them are wrapped up in one but we 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 do that and then we do our we have skills classes we um, have all sorts of things that we do i think starting at the younger age is definitely where it needs to happen because the truth is i mean i've been in clubs and stuff like that and you try to teach some of these old crows how to do things they just don't i've been doing this for 30 years nobody's teaching me how to do nothing well, I, mean, yeah. I blow stop signs. I blow lights. I don't care. I haven't got hit. I'll do what I want.
1: Sure. And yeah. Well, it's now? a group mentality is part of it too. Yeah. Once you get in that group, you feel invincible. Yep.
0: Yeah. Mark Friss. Okay. Thank you.
7: Yeah.
6: Wouldn't it be great if all all this, uh, the the uh, kids before they got the driver's education could already drive their bicycle and knew all of the
7: rules? Oh, no, I, no. I agree. Oh, yeah. And.
3: And while we're on that, we, we should recognize that. I mean, I have several Dutch friends. And in the, the Netherlands, like you mentioned, Gary, they, they do go through traffic training. And they have, like, little mini traffic situations, actually. They have, like, little car cars. Yeah, like, they, have, they call them, I think, um, um, traffic gardens or my, something. Like. So yeah.
2: My yeah. cynical take, of course, was that the bike industry spends its money trying to get people, you know, in segregated facilities so that they can maintain car traffic speeds. Well, but, I mean, that was just my contention. You. It, it no, doesn't no, matter if right see, or wrong, but what I, would, what I would rather them spend their money on, if we're talking about spending money and making things better, I would really like the bike companies to, instead of getting involved in traffic engineering, to get involved in sponsoring cycling clubs in schools. That seems. Oh, that that would be do. great. But, but let's, there was no, let's, Well, okay, I, I guess I, I haven't been to school for a while, but we well, didn't but have a bike club at my high school. High school
4: mountain bike teams, it's a big thing right now. They, they do stuff like that. Well, but mountain here's the bike, thing. road bike, though. Here's the thing is you're, we've got to create a, a marketplace for people who want to ride bikes, all right? Well, we've people, lost that. We lost two generations of kids riding bikes, all right? We have to start that up. Nobody's going to get their kid out in the situation they are on the road right now. So we need separated facilities. We need these things in order to get the next generation out there on the street. Because you're not doing it before.
2: So facilities are much more important than education.
4: No. Well, how that's can what I, I edu- f- want. I- you, you're, you're taking – it's either this or that. It, the life does not work that way. I know.
2: All right? But, what I said is I can't get a kid
4: on a bike and educate him if he's not on a bike in the first freaking place.
2: Right. Well, if they, have it, if they have it at school, if it's part of school, then – yeah, but no, no not, school is going to put re- it in. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're scared gym, to
4: they're do the s- cutting art. You think they're going to put bike education? Well, in I it? was
2: I was suggesting the bike companies sponsor.
3: Yeah, but what what school? The Safe routes of school is having a problem like perpetual problem, no school would let them in all the time because of liability. They're not going yeah, to... They, they don't care how, who's sponsoring it. Lance Armstrong could be sponsoring it himself, and they would still say, no, we're afraid they might get run over. Well, dare by. to keep <laughs> kids up, drugs keeps him out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, I mean, since you... Going back to your traffic engineering, since you did bring up traffic engineering, let's discuss traffic en- engineering. Bikes are... If bikes are on the street going half the speed of traffic, they are an impediment to traffic. Yes, they are. And... Well, I mean, they are an impediment to, to, to motor clear. vehicle speed, I would yeah. say that. And and for when we're faced with a traffic engineering discipline that looks only at motor vehicle throughput, that is a big issue to be dealt with. And so I mean California of course is getting rid of LOS and re uh, or and I augmenting should. it or replacing it with VMT, I'm still not sure yet.
6: Should, you know, Charlie, I gotta jump in there. I, I cycle all over LA. I try to find low to moderate traffic, at least four-lane arterials. They will have speed limits 35 to 45. I control the lane by default. I don't impede anybody. So
3: let's say 100 of traffic, you were controlling the lane.
6: Then it would be 100 less cyclists down there, too. What, what happens what? is either, either one of two things, and what happens is either there's enough room that can easily go around into the other lane to pass me and by my lane control position they can see from far away the motorists that they need to do that and not try to squeeze by never taking their foot off the accelerator because it's easy to go around or the traffic builds up so so much it's congested and i'm just going as fast as the traffic anyway and i have maybe you know i have hours and hours of very very boring video i shoot video all the time i'm on the bike just about and once every two or three months, you know what happens? Somebody honks.
3: I that wish day. I could have it as good as you. I mean, uh, I get six honks a day on a two-mile stretch of of six-lane arterial, <laughs> and it's not congested. Well, you, can
6: you can you tell me where that is? And I want to Tibby
3: Tibby Canoe Avenue in San Bernardino, to yeah, going tibicanoe north tibicanoe. from the ten.
6: Okay, get. You get,
3: you, you get out in
2: the, the time suburbs, time. and people are are less used to it. But I mean, I, and I guess that's a that's a that's a point of difference. I mean, I don't. I'm I don't feel like I'm I'm quite happy to impede motor vehicle traffic. Yeah,
3: and 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 in the city, in the good grid cities, uh, that's great. There's a stoplight every what, 600 feet anyway. Are, so I mean,
2: are, is that is that the position that we all have or are some of us in different place? And I no, and I'm I, won't, still I and I, okay, I'm sorry.
6: <laughs> so, in and a good grid the, In, we're in we're a good, the Pacific Coast <laughs> Highway as well where there are Well, like
3: like, like I said, you know, when you have one when you have one or a, a nice tight group of cyclists it it, it 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 works fine, but let's say you know what
5: I've noticed. What what I've noticed is where the authority figure, the city, says we like bikes and we embrace bikes and we put down bike lanes. That communicates to motorists that in fact bikes belong on the street, mm-hmm. and and there's much less uh, horn honking and anger uh, associated with uh, bikes by motorists. I work I was in Chula Vista last week, a suburb of San Diego, where they're in the dark ages related to bikes and I did a bike tour with about I took about twenty five people on a little tour. I couldn't believe the number of times we got honked at because uh, I'm used to living and working in uh, that's a backwater city. I'm used to working in bellwether cities or bandwagon cities, cities that are embracing bikes and I can just tell you when we put stripes on the street, when we put sharrows down, that communicates to motorists that bikes belong on the street and the inverse is true where there's not any conversation about bikes motorists presume we're interlopers and we get honked at and, and so that's just the reality uh, and, and you can see it in, in this conversation we're hearing it in San Bernardino versus other cities.
2: So I, I don't mind impeding car traffic
3: no, I mean I well, don't. I I don't. I don't mind you don't, doing okay. it. You, I don't you, you mind you. feel doing bad it, impeding car traffic.
4: At times.
3: Okay.
2: And if, it, if
4: it's a situation where I have no choice, I, I will take the
7: lane. I, I do. I practice. It's them, okay. It's a,
2: I'm not the good guy, and I'm not right. I just want to. I just want <laughs> to. I just want to. I still wasn't done talking. Well, I'm trying to get everyone's position. I just want to know. Well, my well, you I you
7: wasn't finished,
3: done. positioning
2: Well, it's. I guess it feels like a simple question. Like it's not
3: a simple question though. Like this past weekend, I rode out to Palm Springs. Uh, on the edge of the 111, there's shoulder for most of the way. on, on It's like eight foot wide. I rolled under the shoulder. It's, it's nice. It's paved. It's not cracked. Why, why should I take the lane on the 65-mile-per-hour highway? It, it, I, I could legally, but, you know, that's... It's not a bike wh- lane. Wh- why? And then there are a couple bridges where there's no shoulder. I took the lane on there, and I went back to the shoulder. There's no, there's no reason to take the lane. It's but too- you certainly wouldn't uh, sacrifice I, 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 your safety... I said I took the lane on bridges. Right.
2: No, no, no. Not, and that's a, and that's a great example I well, because I just did a bike,
1: touring, a bike tour in Ojai, so I was riding on 150, the same thing. We had a shoulder, we rode on our shoulder. You know, I'm pulling a trailer with all my camping gear in there. I'm not going to take the lane. Right. And, the traffic is I way mean, too fast. Right. I, I mean, our, our traffic in the
7: inland
3: empire. Most of our arterials operate like freeways. I think I do the same thing as you guys. I just wanted to hear
2: where you stood. So it, it, I, 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 will I, never, I will never sacrifice my safety.
3: Well, so, I mean, sometimes so but, the safest place is in the lane. Sometimes, right, there, sometimes, sometimes it, is. it, it, so, it might be safe to be in the lane, but it's just as safe not to be in the I lane, could, and I there's no be, reason to be.
2: I could be entirely within the bounds of legality. Like, you know, if there's no bike lane, that, that right stripe is the roadway, and I can always be the left of that. Now, there are times when I will go to the right of it so that I'm not a monster if, if I feel like it's safe. I just, I just wanted to know if everyone was on the same page because it sounds like there's some nuance there. I Oh, well, of course. Well. There's definitely a nuance uh, So there. Okay, so I, I will not, I will not uh, sacrifice my safety to help cars go faster. No, I, I never do. No.
3: But
4: Nobody's, no, no uh, I, I don't. Well, s- I do, don't. Do. I All don't, I said is, is, if there's a circumstance where I live and I know this the area, and I'm not worried about door zones, just because I I go into a door zone doesn't mean I'm I'm risking my safe. That's ridiculous. I could. Being in the lane, I could easily say because I've been hit behind, from behind twice. Mm-hmm. Well, that was risky. So if you want to start using anecdotal evidence and little stories and stuff like that, and say, "Well, this could happen,"
2: well, yeah, no, anything. I'm not. I'm not, I'm right. not right. I, I don't think I just want right. to know where you stand. Yeah, it's, different. it's not. It's not a stand.
4: It's just you know what? I I we all sit there and we we there are the here's the truth. I mean, I talked to the CHP chief from LA. Basically, we're one step from anarchy on our streets, all right? Because nobody's following the dang rules, no. all right? So if if this is a situation, I have to be the best I can to figure out, okay, where am I best to be in the lane when I'm not? We all have to make that judgment call, and that's what we teach. We sit there, we, we make, we evaluate, we teach people how to evaluate their circumstances. If cars are backing up, or you know that, actually, if cars are backing up, that's actually the better thing. But if you're in a lane and nobody's, and you got to, a Stretch behind you where people are coming 45, 55 miles an hour, and you're in that lane, and there's a, a shoulder to move to the right, move to your right. Because you know what? A lot of times they're not paying attention. They're going to hit you at 45 miles an hour, and it's over if you're taking that lane.
3: Whether or not you have a helmet on.
4: Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So yes. you know, th- that's where you have to see. Yeah, you might sit they're taking a lane, they see you. But you know what? The truth of the matter is, in today's day and age, they don't see you anymore. And they have a, apparently, they have legally have an argument there and say, I didn't see him, and now it's cause for people. Yeah.
3: Sorry, mate, I didn't see you.
1: Well, I, I have the advantage on that one because I ride a recumbent trike. So when they come up behind me, they don't know what the hell they're looking at. So okay. when I watch them in my little rearview mirror, I see them slow, <laughs> slow down because yeah. they can't see my feet moving. They just see this thing in the middle of the lane and they with a flag on it, and they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm.
6: I can jump in. uh, uh, Cycling Savvy, the courses I teach, I think would be considered the most bicycle driving of all the national courses. We have a new organization called the American Bicycling Education Association, and you can look that up in CyclingSavvy.org. And we teach something. Lane control for us is the default. That's how you operate your bike. You drive it, you control the lane. If there is a reason... And if it's safe for you to get out and move over to the right because you have a double wide lane and I come from some situations where very wide lanes, you can do that. If the shoulder is safe, that's fine. You could even use the sidewalk. And we specifically teach something called control and release, where particularly on two lane roads, where you will be controlling the lane, getting the traffic behind you to slow down and keeping them back until it is safe for them to come around and pass, in which case you will move over and, and you might even wave them by. So even what you might consider the most hardcore bicycle-driving education bunch of people, we will always look to be cooperative and move over when we can. If I'm controlling a lane in L.A. and there's a parking lane and the parking just disappeared for half a block and there's a couple of cars behind, where do I go? I go into the parking lane. Slow down, let them come by. Me too. If I get yes, to the beginning of the stop, here. Uh, if I get stuck at a red light and all the traffic is backing up, and Lincoln, even though it's a four-lane road, they're going to have trouble getting by me, right? What do I do? Light turns green. I go through the intersection. I pull over because of the platoon effect. They're gone in 12 seconds. I got the road to myself again. So, well, and, and I'm kind I of think,
5: curious. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm curious, Lars. Do you do that? Do you I, yield no, when you've got? A I was the first to say to me
2: too. Yes, if there if there is a parking lane and it is empty. I will absolutely get over. I don't hold on to the lane just to antagonize anyone. I don't look to antagonize anyone. Sometimes
3: I have to oh, hold really? on to the lane because of the, the pavement is so poor quality.
4: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. They, you know, I think one of the other things is you got to look at terrain, too. You know, where we live, in, uh, we have very, a lot of hills, all right? If I'm taking my back feet up a hill, I need to move to the, to the right because I'm moving at five to six miles an hour, especially if i got kids or my dog in there. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, is that what I'm talking about before was speed differential. Drivers are horrible at telling how fast the, the car or vehicle in front of them is going.
7: Yeah. And well, see, they
4: come up on them at such a fast rate. And if you're, they're thinking you're moving at a faster pace than you are, all of a sudden, bam, it's over.
2: I have been, so my experience is a little weird in that I've owned some of the weirdest stuff you can drive. So I had, you know, I, I grew up riding around on a 125 Vespa where I was always in people's way. And you just, you're in people's way. I had a diesel Vanagon, right? Seven passenger Mm -hmm. van, 1.6 liter engine, 48 horsepower. I'll be going up a mountain pass sometimes in the first, second gear, going like nine miles an hour on the highway. It's a car, it was sold here. It's legal, it's fine. It goes pretty slow sometimes. And if you get used to that and you just accept that like, you know, the world was not, uh, you know, nowhere in any of our founding documents is there anything about a V8 engine, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, sometimes you're slow and it's okay, and even in a car sometimes you're slow, and that's okay.
3: Oh, great. But, basic but basic even in a car when you're slow, you keep right. Yeah, but you don't get on the sidewalk. <laughs> but I see a lot ride. of people riding on the shoulder when there's a painted shoulder.
6: Gary? Yeah, I was saying that uh, the basic law for traffic is first come, first served. There is no law that says speed or size has priority. And related to the comments about misjudging speed, uh, there are, uh, interestingly enough, uh, there are uh, rear-end crashes on the Pacific Coast Highway. And what do they involve? Cars and cars. When you see a car in front of you and you're not really paying attention, you assume that it's traveling at your speed. When you see a bicycle in front of you controlling the lane, what's the reaction going to be? Hey, I better slow down. I better change lanes. And so it's actually... Uh, could be considered safer to be controlling a lane with a bicycle with- because it's obvious that you're going slower, and if in a prominent position, and I got again videos on the PCH and lots and lots of room. I'm getting eight foot passing distances by getting cars going around, and the cyclist right up against the right lane and uh, uh, the right fog line or in the shoulder. Are getting cars squeezing by In fact that they're weaving in and out of the shoulder because it keeps disappearing mm-hmm. so there's just a couple of comments there on rights of first come first serve uh, on a multi-lane road there is there is very very not very often reasons to have to move out of the way for, for traffic behind and everybody's familiar that on a two-lane road if you have five or more vehicles behind you do need to pull off at the first safe opportunity right people know that yes, right. yes. in California Right. Right. right, which in and theory, for
7: to a
3: bicyclist, still is everywhere.
6: Specific pullouts. That's not everywhere, but it is in California. But again, it has to be, uh, you know, at a safe spot, and you need to go that. But that only applies on two lane uh, roads and not on multi lane roads. And when you
3: have five or more vehicles.
6: That's right, That's five, right. five or more, and a two lane road. I I feel free to ignore that one sometimes because if I'm riding
2: home at night in rush hour and there's cars everywhere, you know, riding up. Uh, yeah, like Franklin up in Los Feliz, uh, I am going to ha- just have to get off the road for two hours because there's always going to be five cars behind me. So, scofflaw.
7: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um,
0: so,
1: oh, hi, Nick. Hi. <laughs> how are you doing? Paul's <laughs> That's a mother. Yeah, like, well, where were you? <laughs> you how, how are we doing? We're doing We're great. great yeah, yeah.
0: Do, do we need do is there anywhere we need to get to is there any any uh it, th- there's a history to this, and you know people stumbling upon this might not
4: yeah i mean it, I well, what, th- it stems from John Forrester, I would think well
0: it may even go further back. but i mean
4: if you look at it that that's where it stemmed i mean wh- where we where we are now is due to lots of his teachings, and they are. Uh, basically, what we're talking about, um, bikes have a right to the lane. Uh, you know, controlling the lane. It's it basically a vehicle, no different than. Well, I and mean,
2: he, he was involved in drafting this legislation in the seventies.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. John. You can read a story on his website, johnforster.com, dot com, I believe, right?
1: And he wrote the uh, mm. quintessential book, which is "What Is Central Cycling?" If, effective, effect, effective, effective cycling. Effective
3: cycling. Along with John Franklin, who wrote Cycle
7: "Cyclecraft."
6: the development and evolution of some of that thinking i highly suggest you go to the website imtraffic.org okay you can find all kinds of uh, one of our guests was talking about diagrams and and there are interactive graphics there you can go and set up a road and say how wide is the travel lane how wide is the bike lane what size of the vehicles coming by and you can see the passing distances uh you can see uh the draft from the trucks makes sense to be controlling a lane versus encouraging uh, motorists to squeeze by. So check out imtraffic.org. They have great illustrations. They have uh, lots of articles. They have maps about all 50 states and all of the bike laws that apply to those states, including California. So it really is a wealth of information.
1: Yeah, Gary, I agree. Uh, In fact, I went there and played with that. And I appreciated that they had different types of bicycles there. Um, Like a cargo bike that has a, a that's much wider than a regular road bike.
6: I have a quadricycle. Uh, Side-by-side seating.
1: Okay. Which uh, in some states doesn't qualify.
6: The only thing you can do with that. (laughs) And I've used those illustrations to bring as expert witnesses. I set it up like the Pacific Coast Highway, and I show why we cannot share the travel lane on the Pacific Coast Highway through Malibu. So it's a a great resource. Kerry Caffrey has been involved in a lot of those illustrations. Dan Gutierrez has been an inspiration for a lot of those, and he has a lot of great videos. And it was his videos that got me just about four or five years ago, controlling the lane and driving
7: my right.
4: bicycle. Here's a it great example, work. but you're, you're a great example. You took you after 50 years of riding, At the 45th year, you finally learned how to do it. That's right, right.
6: I was an edge cyclist. And right. I was safe, I never had a problem, but it wasn't fun having motorists squeeze by me all the time. No, I mean, I, I, we I agree. You- but it, now I'm having fun. I ride all over L.A., and it's a gas, and I keep reading in the blogs about how terrible L.A. is and this intersection, you're going to get killed, and I go through there and make my videos, and there's nothing to show. It's it, just mm-hmm. fun. And I'm in San Francisco now, and I was going down uh, Bush Street and Euclid and with the traffic and rush hour, and, and it was just terrific. Uh, it just really does work. Um, and whenever I can make things more convenient for motorists without jeopardizing my safety. I'm happy to do that. Wave to people as they come by. Wave to people when they stop at a 4 wife stop sign. You just give them a little hand signal and, and they wave back and it's a great vibe. And, and I'm having a gas, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, and the climate, of course, in LA is just out of this world for cycling. So um, check out some of those it's, resources.
4: Yeah, I, I've
3: seen some of your videos, they're, they're pretty nice.
4: Yeah. I. We're. I mean, Marvin and I are very familiar with it. I mean, we're. Well, Marvin's no longer on <laughs> the the uh, cyclist or drivers <laughs> Facebook page, but um, Thanks, I ben. still am. <laughs> and I mean, we go to IM traffic. I mean, you guys are a great resource. There's no doubt about. It. We're never going to knock that. The, yeah. The and thing we is, have,
6: we have we have the education program, and and we got now cycling savvy instructors. About a dozen in Orange County. I'm up here in Berkeley now, trying to get courses set up in Davis. Uh, uh, instructors as well. I haven't had too much uh, input yet into LA County, Orange, in in, in San Diego. We're moving along, but the come try
3: Riverside and San
1: Bernardino. It, so when are you really going to have amazing. some classes, have some more classes, Gary? Well, San
6: Diego will probably be the next one coming up. Uh, UCSD uh, will be doing one down there. Orange County will be really the hot spot because we have uh, about ten ten new uh, uh, instructors down there, and they should be doing uh, some courses uh, in Santa Ana, Orange, Irvine, uh, San Clemente, places like that. LA County has been a little tougher for me because I don't have quite the contacts here that I do in some of the other places. But if anybody wants to check out CyclingSavvy.org, look at that. And uh, I
1: did. I wanted to, to find right out here. when you were having classes.
6: Well, if, if we have about four instructors in L.A. County. If I can get a spot where we have a classroom, where we have a parking lot for a Saturday morning, uh, and we can get some people interested in it, we'll do Cycling Savvy in uh, in L.A. County. So, Is it a any, day class?
1: Any, how, how many hours it's, is it?
6: It's, it's a nine-hour, three-part course. Uh, we do uh, class typically Friday night from like 6 to 9. We do the classroom, which really is a belief change type of thing course with illustrations, videos, interactive graphics, the whole thing designed by Kerry Caffrey and Mike Wilson. Uh, Saturday morning, we do train your bike, which is the parking lot trail, similar to what LAB does, but a, a a little bit different. And then on Saturday afternoon, we do the tour of Los Angeles or Santa Ana, wherever it is. And we try to find the most intimidating places to ride a bike, and we can get novices going through those with confidence and uh... safety and that's what we do so uh... how
5: is it different from the LAB course
6: well one way it differs is that it is exclusively traffic cycling we don't look at bike maintenance we don't look at nutrition or hydration or what to wear we are focusing on traffic cycling. So the Cycling Savvy course, in terms of the LCI type LCI of things LCI. it covers, goes beyond LCI the traffic plus. skills 101 and 201, which is seldom given, but it actually goes beyond both of those. We're, our thought is that uh, if you wanna learn about how to change your flat or oil your chain, you can you can do that someplace else. If you're gonna take a traffic cycling course, you'll probably take one in your life. We wanna do everything that we can for you. So in, in that way, it's a, it's a different course, focusing exclusively on traffic cycling, and it's a little bit different, maybe in tone. As I mentioned, we assume that your default cycling is lane control. That's where we're starting. The LAB courses, I mean, they certainly do lane control, but it's sort of more, of, you know, right on the edge, unless it's really dangerous, and then lane control. Now, it, it, LAB really it, it varies. It depends on who the instructor is. I, I know there's some fantastic instructors, and some are not so good. I've had experience Personal experience with there's a lot of flexibility in LAB which can be good, but that can also be uh, you know the standards can can not be uniform as well. With the cycling savvy, it is locked down and and we have a very serious instructor training, which is a three day course. And hopefully we'll we'll have another one down in Southern California and get one up here in, in Northern California. So it it, it really is. Uh, Um, focus on on traffic cycling and and lane control as as the standard. And it's also belief change. We want to change beliefs. People think that lane control is illegal, that it's rude, that it's unsafe. And and we have to not only give new information, we have to invert people's knowledge and show that lane control as a default is legal, that it's safe, and it actually can be more cooperative for, for motorists interacting with motorists than, than being on the edge and luring motorists to try to squeeze by. So we have to change those types of beliefs, and, and the course is designed to do exactly that.
4: I, you know, I, I think there's one other uh, conflict we have, and, and I, this is one thing, as much as I, I love cycle stopping and I love the IM traffic, there is the undertone of, you know, belittling people who don't do it. And that I find is uh, really just hurts all of us. When you have like on, especially on the cyclist or drivers, when you're calling the Dutch lazy, you know, they don't know how to ride. They're, you know, and you're calling derogatory names to people that are not comfortable riding in traffic. I think that does not serve a purpose. That Cyclists
6: or drivers is not cycling savvy.
4: No, no, but oh. you know what I mean. You, it, you oh. you're on there enough to know the tone that goes on, and some of the the Google groups too. It is that is for me as an advocate. I find that very offensive. It, so and I, I don't, you ride
1: the way I say, or get out. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. You and do it this and not, way, not only get out, you're, but you're incompetent. Yeah,
3: but if you don't do it this way, you're traffic incompetent, or you're dumb, or any. The, yeah, the, uh, those,
4: those, name mean, so name
2: calling in churches of correct theology are wrong. Yeah,
3: and but it's common. Yeah. But, but the problem is, is that many of the prominent figures, many of many of the prominent speakers for bicycle driving or for vehicle recycling have been very guilty of that and anyone who questions or asks questions or I, I why shouldn't th- i do this they get a big blow up in their face and they're like you know what forget i even asked i'm not, I'm not my really new, interested my nuanced
2: answer is you're right <laughs> however i think that the wh- where we have a real problem and i mentioned this at the pedal of panel is that like here in los angeles the only people speaking for cyclists are either 501c3s who by law cannot get involved in politics or trade organizations like the ones we talked about before And, like, actual, like, we kneecapped a politician. Check us out. Uh, Here's what we want. Here's what we're advocating for. And here's who we're working with. And here's how we're going to get it. Doesn't exist at all.
1: Well, maybe uh, not in L.A. I wouldn't say that. I mean, in in fact, in, in our recent election in Long Beach, we had a forum where we invited all the people that were running for council to come out and talk to the bike advocates and pedestrian folks, too. And we wanted to know what their platforms were. And we pretty much filled up uh, uh, the art theater down in Long Beach. So there are people out there trying to get the message out. Well, that's a
2: message. But I think, I think so from my perspective, I think there's, there's not been enough of cyclists actually going out and advocating for themselves. And I can see... When people, I take the lane all the time. though. No, that's I mean I'm, talking about, I'm, I'm, but I'm <laughs> like talking about politically yeah. as well.
1: Politically, right? <laughs> well, politically, that's a different. Right, but thing. That's, that's what I'm talking, a, yeah. what I'm talking okay. about. Oh, you're moving but the I mean, conversation. But what I'm,
4: Samantha Olinger did, and she created Bike SD.
2: Right. So I guess I get what I'm. The apology I'm making for the people who get involved in name calling and outbursts. I think that uh, being antagon- being being a pressure group and standing up for yourself, I think we need a lot more of. I think there's a huge shortage of it in bicycle advocacy, and it's too bad that there are people who have that, uh, who are ready to do that and aren't organized and are instead pointing at each other, and that's too bad. And hopefully, I would I would love to see it where uh, the people that are that can be nasty were being nasty to the people that it counts to be nasty to, and not to other cyclists. And I'm and I'm okay with nasty. I don't I don't feel like we should be. I think part of the reason that we're in the the hole we're in is because um, we do depend so much on 501c3s. So there's an awful lot of grant writing that goes on, and organizations like the 501c3 here in Los Angeles is dependent on you know grants from Metro, uh, money from bike companies. Uh, that's you know you have to be a nice guy when when you're doing let, that. Let me let me jump in on that
5: because. Um, as a guy who's organized a bunch of C fours and C threes, including the California Bike Coalition, which is both, um, and I'm, I'm a former elected official from Texas. I served in the Texas House of Representatives when I was in my 20s. I'm familiar with the political process, and and um, large to some degree, we have uh, shared and common ground there because uh, until elected, until we, until electeds hear from. Organized voices that are all pulling in the same way—they uh, they they won't respond. And so I'm a big fan, actually, of the C of uh, L.A. County Bond Coalition becoming developing a sister organization that would be a C four, so that they can be more political than they have been in the past. It is leverage with electeds, and until the political will changes in Los Angeles, not much is going to happen. And the inverse is true, where. C fours have existed and and across the country and have engaged in political campaigns, not the least of which is San Francisco. Uh, they they own their agenda. They are driving a uh, 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 an agenda that is um, that and electeds respond to that. So I agree. Uh, it's it, you have to go beyond. Uh, there's nothing wrong with um, cooperating and in fact um, working with. Uh, Cities such as Los Angeles and what L.A. County Bike Coalition has been doing, but it's not enough to actually control and, and push an agenda.
2: We're all in the same gang, maybe.
7: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's I a tough
4: nut to crack, better,
6: though. We I, all want better education. We want better bicycle infrastructure. Uh, I... I, I, I
3: I have no problem with better bicycle infrastructure. Want
6: better recognition for motorists that cyclists have a right to use the full lane uh, where they need to do that for their safety. I think we're, we seem to be on the same page yeah. on a lot of these things. So that yeah. I, I,
4: I think the other one, the big thing is you know the victimization of of what's happened to cyclists out of the slaughter that goes on in there, where we have no rights. I mean, you, for bikes and pedestrians right now. If you kill, I mean, it's it's a joke of an article. Look but If you want to murder somebody, just run them over. Yeah. And you have yeah. free reign. You in some certain cases you won't even get a ticket.
6: But you can only do it once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you do
4: it twice, then you're reckless the second time.
3: Then that's all you get a reckless driving yeah, I mean, charge. The, the odds of
4: you doing that it, it's still low. It, it's it's sort of like you know we we have the we have this mentality sometimes like especially with uh, kids. When you know we, we have a situation in Upland right now where a kid got hit, and now they want to be reactive to where the kid got hit and improving the intersections. Like, well, the odds of the kid another kid getting hit there is very low. I mean, accidents like that don't happen. The fatalities aren't the fatality rate is not high, high enough to happen consistently at a certain intersection. It, what you need is an, a broad policy of how you're going to deal with pedestrians and bicycles at, at intersections, and that's what we don't have. And the other thing we don't have is we don't have the 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 balls of DAs going after these people and at least or, or or politicians to at least suspend their license when the hit and run law was not um, signed by Jerry Brown that was a blow
7: mm-hmm. yeah
6: well but part of that too is the licensing requirements in the United States yeah I agree. compare our licensing requirements of motor vehicles to a place like the Netherlands. Yeah, uh, it's we have vending machines essentially for licenses, and when you look at motorists that are involved with serious crashes with cyclists and cyclists, you will very often see a whole history of previous violations for speeding and DUI and other, and they keep their license. Oh yeah, because why? Because take somebody's license away in the U.S. and you essentially you're considering that you you know. Like castration. I mean,
1: yeah. well, that's, that's I, changing I, for DUI, though. But that's I changed mean, quite a it, bit.
3: In, to be in fairness, in the Inland Empire, in many places you really almost can't get around, live without a car. And the buses. I'm faster than the bus most of the time, even the New Express bus. <laughs> and if anyone wants to ever get anywhere, they they really have to, or especially yeah, have for to work, they. They have to own their own car or or know someone with a car who will let them borrow it. And that's especially true in many suburban, ex-urban areas.
4: But I mean,
3: I mean, sure, the close trips, you know, sure, 50 percent of American trips are for less than three miles. And that's a bikeable distance. But most American commutes are 25 minutes, which is not for three miles.
1: Not, know, what, not, in Los Angeles. Yeah, well, <laughs> 20, I
3: wish I had a 25 yeah. minute. Here, here's
4: another thing. I mean, we we've become such a car culture, and I use this example when I do um, public talks. Is you know we have a, we know like we all know somebody who has a parent that should not be driving, and they have the, they can they can go to DMV or say you know you need to ha- stop driving, but they won't do it because they feel they're taking their freedom away, mm-hmm. and we can't even get people to. To know, and then we've had accidents out in the England Empire, that people were too old and that relatives knew they shouldn't have been driving. Well, I knew I sh- they probably shouldn't be driving anymore. We won't even do that. We have no public accountability. We expect law enforcement and the government to do everything. You know, But yet we don't even have public shaming of people who do these things. It's like, well, you have to drive. And, no, well, and,
3: and that, it's you know? it's, a, it's a shame that, I mean, to be fair, it's a, keep using the Netherlands, in the Netherlands you the highest cycling percentage uh, is going up among the elderly, the elderly those over sixty. And here I couldn't dream of most elders in America taking the lane anywhere. Mm.
1: Hey, wait a minute! I'm over sixty. <laughs> what are you talking about?
4: You're an active. <laughs> <laughs> but you go out at the Coachella Valley is a perfect example where they're they're realizing they are not going to get people on those streets. You know, Ramon 101, people are not going to ride on the streets, you know, the elderly. So they're building the CV link. They're they're, they're creating other opportunities for people to ride out there. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you have the transportation element and you have the recreational element. So how do you serve those needs? Right. So I think that's okay. why the, the multi-use classes are great.
5: Let me, let me. I, I agree with that. Let me put a smiley face on and something positive on this. In our lifetime, even those of us that are a little bit older are going mature, to Mature, speed-
1: Charlie, mature. Yeah.
5: Yeah, right. Uh, is, we're going to see something very interesting happen, and that is with autonomous vehicles and technology. We're going to have cars, right now we have cars on the street that, uh, that recognize pedestrians and bicyclists and will override the car driver if they don't respond in time. Within the next 10 years, we're going to have, uh, uh, we're going to have more cars with that technology in place. And, you know, from a bicyclist standpoint, I can't, it can't come fast enough I agree. To, get, to override drunk and distracted drivers. And so uh, I'm a big fan of that. And I think as an advocate uh, that I'm all over uh, supporting that technology coming online uh, sooner rather than later. I think it's going to make a huge difference in the statistics.
6: I agree. But there's there's no, a danger I, there too, Charlie. The danger is that some of that technology requires vehicles to communicate with each other. So a bicycle is going to be equipped with the same type of technology as well, or are we going to be eliminated from certain roads where that's required? Well, No, actually, actually, actually now, the, te- the,
5: now, the technology is, is, is high-performance Wi-Fi, and it, it acknowledges what the, the uh, uh, obstacles are out there and adjusts the car, uh, the speed, accordingly. And so it's, it, it'll it'll see a child running out into the street, it'll see yeah. uh, a deer crossing, it'll see a bicyclist, it'll see a pedestrian that's still uh, in, in in the path and, over, and and brake whether the driver knows it or not. Is, is Wi-Fi what
2: you're talking about or something else?
5: I don't
3: think it really matters. It,
4: well, it doesn't matter. It's okay. well, it's also, they standpoint. also have mm-hmm. cars that have video recognition, too. They, they're using video and infrared to recognize obstacles and, and movement. You know, obviously, but, if uh, bikes don't have to be equipped because you're not going to equip a deer with some kind right. of... Or you know, like, like a kid. <laughs> or a kid, yeah. You're not well, gonna I mean, there yeah.
3: there are discussions of, of including the technology into clothing. And, of course, I went to a ULI panel earlier this year and... A uh, car designer was saying, you know, the car industry is doing its part to make the road safer. When is the bike industry going to step up and do its part? Yeah, but that, and I, uh,
4: that's just ingenuous, too, because you look at collision rates. I mean, it's yeah, fatality rates are going down, but collision rates have, have not gone flat. down that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're flat. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, it only costs more because these cars cost more. I mean, what was it, well, 2012, $434 billion collisions cost?
2: Right now, the thing that's the hugest break on autonomous... Uh, you know, computer-driven cars is the liability. Like, oh, the, yeah. the, the car manufacturers don't want to do it if they're the one, if it's their algorithm that's liable for someone getting killed. So the only way I think it's going to happen... Um, what about if it's their ignition right switch or their right now p- there's accelerator Europe, pedal? Right now there's European
3: cars
5: that can park themselves and do. And so that's on the, the the slow end, the low end, they're doing that. And then on the high end, they, they'll lock into a... A, a classic a, a, a non modified uh, highway car travel lane, and it'll keep it in that travel lane and then it has, of course, cruise control. Yeah. That already exists in high in high dollar automobiles now. And it will—it's just going to come down in the price of it, as the technology yeah, improves. The, well, I guess my, down my in the lower price cars.
2: My point isn't that the technology; isn't the worry. The the worry yeah. is that the car companies are going to say, "Yeah, we'll give you self-driving cars if you absolve us of any liability." And yeah. then, and that's a, a terrible well, place for cyclists to be if right. no one's responsible. Well, here's, well I mean, at the moment, no
3: one's responsible.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but but insurance
5: it. companies love this. This is this is for, from an insurance point of view that it can't come fast enough. And, and they're not having any trouble selling these, these Mercedes-Benz equipped and BMWs equipped with this stuff because it makes the car safer.
4: Right, but I think when you come to the autonomous car, then we got a problem. Because if the driver is no longer in control of the car, then who's the responsibility if something happens wrong with that car? And what your point was is like a lot of the European nations are coming together and they're saying, you know what, we'll take that liability on. Because we feel the overall benefit of this, societal-wise, is huge. I don't think, I'm with you though. I think California, I mean, California already passed the, the their first round where you have to have a steering wheel in there. They still have to be in control. It's like, well, now you just put that same problem we had still at the front. And that doesn't make sense. But we, you're right, the liability yeah, thing should right. be something to deal right. with.
5: I encourage you all to look at the three-minute video that Google has on their autonomous vehicle, and it's that's it's great. a prototype car, uh, and it only goes up to like forty miles per hour. But it doesn't have a steering wheel, and it doesn't have a brake pedal. Yeah. It does have an it does have a panic button that you can stop the car with. But the fact is that that technology is on the horizon, and that's going to be the best thing that happened to bicycles right. and pedestrians in a, uh, forever.
7: Now, if we get so the state of that,
4: California to step out of the way...
3: At and that point, should we build sidewalks or anything else? The cars are going to avoid us anyway. Yeah,
4: that would be... I mean, that would be the ultimate. It's like when we don't have to worry about that stuff and, you know, no matter what, the car obeys the speed limit and keeps, keeps it safe no matter where it is. Well, and,
3: and that brings up another point. I mean, currently, autonomous cars and uh, autonomous anything is really what is programmed but they are developing ai so what happens when they get the ai cars and it says you know what i feel like i can go faster in this area <laughs> than the speed limit is yeah are, are well, we back to the same I'm problem hoping, you know what i'm <laughs>
4: no, just with more you sensors down the oh wow <laughs> yeah
6: now, there's another technology that's happening right now. I wonder what you guys think about the uh, e-assist uh, e bike Oh, yeah, great. I see more and more of them in L.A. I see them on the bike path, the beach path, which I don't think they're supposed to be. And they're uh, moving. Yeah, when they can, I see a little old paths. lady, you know, go by me on a hill, and I'm going as fast as I can. <laughs> and they go by me. What is that? Well, you think, that, that's uh, Gary, I, I think. Gary,
1: I recently um, uh, used the e-bike for one week. And I decided I would see how little car driving I could do.
7: Mm-hmm.
1: I made one trip that week. I had to take my granddaughter to school. That was the she only. I, that's the only reason I got in my car. I put yeah. two hundred miles on that e-bike that one week, running errands, doing my shopping, going to meetings. I had so a now, ball with that thing.
6: So, what does the fact that people now could be riding, non-athletic people? at 20, 25 and faster miles an hour, and they're going to be riding these e-bikes, and they're going to be riding them like bicycles. And what does that mean for how they should be educated, and what does it mean for the bicycling infrastructure? Right? Oh, I, I mean, Are I... Are they going to be in cycle tracks going at 25 I, miles an hour? Which no, no,
1: that no there's, I, I, there's I, I, actually I, 20 is the top speed that they're they're well, supposed it's, to go. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
3: It's, it's like... It, if a cycle track is designed well, it should be designed for at least a 25-mile-per-hour minimum. I, I know current Class 1 standards call 20 miles per hour the minimum. And I'm sure it's pretty easy to get that requirement waived for some reason or another. Um, current Class 1s also say 30 miles per hour if mopeds are allowed on the um, path. I think we should raise both of those design speeds by 5 miles per hour.
6: You can envision motorists turning right into a driveway with bicycle assist bicycles going at twenty five or thirty miles an hour on a cycle path?
3: I I I've seen it happen in, in the Netherlands. I've I've yeah. the the people slowed down, waited, yielded. I mean of yeah. course they have the yield to to vehicles on left or right, whereas we you know, we don't. But I I know CalBike wants to make that a platform for this year, it, 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 or next year. Of course, up in the airfield, actually. You know,
5: but my experience with cycle tracks is that, that that may be designed for that, but very few people are.
3: No, yeah, I agree. This.
5: But but we should design for that. We,
3: we should design okay, so, for. So least... maybe we will.
5: Back to e-bikes. The fact is that, um, that they they, they uh, the people who are using e-bikes in California and elsewhere today are mostly senior citizens and people who want one they can afford it and two. They're looking at it to get across to, to for the for the pickup from zero to get across a busy street and so forth. Um, it's here to stay, and the question is: how, is, is that speed going to be a uh, uh, a dangerous condition? Well, you know, I'm a fan of speed limits on multi-use uh, uh, trails where you've got you've got pedestrians and bicyclists mixing.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm, nobody,
5: in my opinion, uh, for, uh, on those types of trails, we uh, on as of any kind of conveyance shouldn't be going more than about twelve miles per hour, and, I, and less than that in in uh, uh, very condensed or uh, very dense uh, uh, situations. And so, it's about managing those speeds. It's not necessarily uh, they they're, they're not going that much faster than we can go. The question is, what is prudent?
3: i am I'm, I'm not really in big favor of speed limits on bike facilities since most people can't <laughs> really ride fast enough to So you want to be you want to bar pedestrians from them then or i i mean if you'
2: you're
3: if your bike facility has that many pedestrians on it, then it has a design flaw they should have built it either wider or built a separate sidewalk and that that's the simple fact of the matter and you if you go to the Netherlands, you'll see plenty of bike facilities with a sidewalk beside them and some of them are actually old streets that they close the cars, and hey, now the the whole roadway is is the bike path, is the feet path, and there's the sidewalk is left over, and you know you most of the time scooters, the slower scooters are allowed on those, and legally they're supposed to be limited to what 40 kilometers per hour. Many people modify them, and they're not limited to like 70. And so,
2: so, so on multi-use paths, Charlie advocates 12 mile an hour speed limit. You don't.
3: I, I I advocate uh, there should not be a multi-use path that requires uh, cyclists to not be able to ride faster than 12 miles per hour. They they should design it better. If you're going to expect that many pedestrians on your multi-use path, you either need to make it wider or build two separate paths, one for bikes, one for pedestrians. Okay. And kay. let's can I'm we go Charlie. back to
1: e-bikes? Can we go back to e-bikes, Charlie? I don't necessarily agree with you that most of the people riding e-bikes are seniors. At least my experience with the research that I've done. There are people that are buying them because they want to be able to commute to work. There, there's different reasons for buying them. So I, I don't, I haven't found okay. that it's mostly seniors that are riding the e-bikes.
5: Okay.
3: I think Nick was saying something. No, uh, I was
1: Nick just did,
0: gonna oh. say if there was, a, you know, I don't know that this has a end this, unless we just
1: when they kick us out the studio. Well, we're, <laughs> we're, cruising,
2: we're cruising right into two hours, which feels yeah.
0: about right. Huh. Yeah. Do you, do you want to have a closing closing thoughts, or do you want to, yeah? Uh, that's fine. We, we can
3: close. We can keep going. It's up to... Listen, we
2: can we can live for another day, I think. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I... I so I'm obviously, uh, I don't want to say hyper-aggressive, but uh, I, I know what it is I want, and I very much want to find other people that want what I want, and I want to work with them to get what we want. And I hope that that's, I hope there are other cyclists out there who are not interested in uh, using, you know, facilities building as an evangelical sales effort. I mean, in my personal life, I love building a bike for somebody or fixing their bike or, you know, any of that. I, I mean, I love I love it when people come to cycling, but as a, um, I don't trust the county of Los Angeles to do it right, so I don't, I would rather my political will, what little, you know, little amount of juice I've got, I'd like to spend on making things better for me and other people who ride bikes.
0: Okay.
3: Well, I mean, my, I guess I would call myself, what you'd say, a, a pragmatic bicycle driver, and that, you know, there's a different approach for different situations. Uh, high speed arterial, which is the common feature of the Inland Empire most of those could do very well with the cycle track. And they're, since they're, they're the model arterial, they have no intersection conflicts, hardly any intersections either, because they're designed as an arterial with no access. And, you know, it would more... I, I don't see a problem with facilities that are bike-specific when, as long as they're done properly. And the problem is, as we here in America, that we, we just haven't really found a way to do them properly yet and even the quote-unquote best designs from nowadays many of them still far fall far short and you look on on youtube or at um what's his name mark and lie the bicycle the guy from bicycle dutch and the they're they're repaving streets and getting rid of the bike lane to make it a, a cycle street which is i mean your model bicycle driving environment. Really, it's a street where it says bicycles are gonna be the primary user of the street and any car is a guest. And I've ridden—I've personally ridden some of those streets in the Netherlands in a town called Assen. 40% moats here and in the city of 70,000. And including to their suburbs, they have a, a straight cycle path straight to the suburb built along with the suburb. Someone can get straight from downtown to their house in the suburb, and faster on bike than by car. And so, it, there's no one solution for every single place. And so, to to say there, that facilities are never the answer is a big pro is a big issue, especially since, given the current trends, urban planners and engineers are looking to solve problems in the cities, especially. And they are looking to bicycles as to be part of that solution. So, the it really behooves us to make sure that we ensure that only the best stuff comes down. Otherwise, they show up and they hear either two things at the table: Hey, give us give us something, or we don't want anything. And so they just put down something garbage. And so or we, nothing. Yeah. And and so we really need to make sure that the, especially the standards are updated. You know, there should not be a, a four foot bike lane with as, as long as three feet is left of the seam. What kind of garbage is that? You know, and and it, it really could be done better as long as it's planned better. So as long as we get some planning and some good standards, we should be going better. And also bike signals, oh, that one other thing I guess we missed. We always hear that those would lower um, the experience for other users and for bikes. No, the signals don't do that. It's the timing, so make sure you time them properly.
1: (laughs) And um, my focus is on education. That's what I'm really about. I know that we need to have more people educated so they are empowered to go out there and ride. And I love teaching, especially women, because somehow they can hear one thing from a man, usually their husband or boyfriend, and they hear me say the same thing and they take it from me and they're ready to go out and they're ready to ride and they're ready to take the lane and they're ready to hear those sorts of things. So for me, I think part of it, I love infrastructure, I think infrastructure's great. And like you say, Marvin, well done infrastructure. But we also need to educate and educating as we talked about before with children, but also adults because there are a lot of adults out there riding. And in my neighborhood, we have some minorities that ride on the sidewalk and against traffic, and it drives me nuts. And I want to just get them in my class, educate them. I mean, I I can't tell you how many people I've had in my classes where I had one woman who was in her 50s, and she had never ridden with the traffic her entire life riding a bike.
3: Must be safer, right?
1: (laughs) Well... (laughs) She was terrified to ride with the traffic, but in the end, she realized, after we talked about why you don't do that, she realized that, hey, she's lucky she's still alive (laughs) after all the bike riding she's done. So for me, infrastructure, yes, but education, not just with children, but also with adults. We need to have more education. We need to figure out how we can make education more accessible and make it fun there's nothing worse than sitting in a classroom where you're pinching yourself trying to stay awake because what you're being given is so stinking boring that I'm asleep, my head's on the desk. You know, I, I like teaching very short classes. I, my classes, my favorite class is two hours long and 15 minutes of it is lecture. The rest of it, we're on our bikes and we're on a, on the street And we ride a little bit, and then I talk about the door zone. And I demonstrate what the door zone is all about. Then we jump on our bikes and ride some more. Let's talk about scanning. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about planning a route. How do you plan a route using parallel routes? How do you make a left turn without actually turning left a series of rights? Because maybe that's all that person is, is able to do at this point and we can talk about what you can do to progress. So let's make bike education fun. Make it easy to do. Don't take somebody's entire Saturday and bore them to death, and then make them pay for it too. Come on, let's get real. So those are the things that that are important to me is getting that education out there in addition to infrastructure.
3: Yeah, usually when I'm riding, and I, I pass a lot of sidewalk riders, a lot of gutter riders. I. Tell them I try to educate them as I ride by.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I do too. Varying degrees
3: of success. I think on yeah. that
4: point, you know, with that is, we gotta realize that for a certain segment of the population, that bike, biking is just another. It's just a faster way of walking. Yes. And they were always taught to walk against traffic. Exactly. So it, it's it's not, and they're riding at such a slow speed too, that. Actually, the sidewalk thing isn't a deal because I mean that's oh
1: what I've seen a well, lot kids, of people hit,
4: but I mean you see where we live in the suburbs you can't I mean kids ride on the sidewalk sure yeah, there's no we're I not mean, talking about the just, sidewalk that's yeah, that's, yeah we're right. not talking about kids we're right not. right but I'm just saying it's just it's just there there's circumstance everything comes upon circumstance sure so I I, I recognize that uh, I would add that you know for me one of the primary effects, things that I look at is that the more people we get on bikes the more political power we have the more we can ha- and more representative power we have sure. and sometimes you, that is hard because you have a chicken and egg problem if people are scared to ride you're not going to get them on a bike yeah. and we, we fight that all day and the misconceptions um, you know what people how people perceive us I mean we have the, the liker connotation to the you know the homeless connotation I mean we, we have three co-ops we run we I mean people won't come in because we have homeless people in there. You know, and so we ha- we battle those all those stereotypes and stuff like that, and until we kind of come together and realize, okay, we have a lot of problems, but the more people we get on bikes, we, we, pardon the pun, but we develop that critical mass where we know the more people we get on the bikes, the safer it becomes for everybody, including motorists. I mean, that's really what we focus on. I have a problem with getting more people on bikes that are not
6: educated. I knew you would. <laughs> I think the greatest risk to my safety as a cyclist in Los Angeles are other cyclists, not motorists. Motorists may be speeding, but they typically don't go right through red lights. Typically, they ride in the right direction. Uh, they're predictable. And when I am controlling the lane, I'm part of that system. But I, I live on – foul. I, I can see uh, – a, a Persian Drive which goes down to the beach and there must be hundreds of cyclists that come through there every week that I can see from my dining room table and more than half are on the left side of the road making that left turn with poor sight lines and at night probably more than half of them don't have any lights on at all and you're going to get more cyclists like this without education onto facilities that may look safe doors on bike lanes but that are not, uh, I'm not saying that we have to make facilities like that, but without the education, I don't want them on the road.
7: Well,
4: I mean, I'd rather have uneducated bicyclists and uneducated motorists any day of the week.
6: Yeah, but they have to be licensed. That Well, they basically at least have to read the book. And, uh,
4: I have four deaths this year with unlicensed drivers.
6: Yeah, well, people have different experiences, but I almost got, I almost got run over by one on a crosswalk right here in Berkeley this evening, uh, stepping out when the walk sign came on, and he was just coming right through right through the light um, and and i got a video of that too on cyclists or drivers <laughs> yeah i, I believe so, i saw you, uh, you so you need the education you just can't pile them out without the education or you're doing a disservice to them oh, you're I, doing disservice I don't other i don't
4: agree with that because i mean you look go to huntington beach you have thousands of cyclists there people riding bikes all
1: the time
0: all Right, it, mark mark oh i'm sorry these were Yep. Our
1: closing These thoughts. are
0: closing. Right. We're not, right. we're, Sorry. The debate is over.
5: Well, so I'll jump in and uh, just say that I'm a, I'm a big tent guy. I'm a guy that recognizes what uh, Kelly's doing is neighborhood riding. And for the most part, she's not trying to train people to ride on arterials and take the lane. I think that's where the low-hanging fruit is. Um,
3: and Wait, so I have
5: n- neighborhood or, or taking the lane? Neighborhood riding for uh, the the type of people she's training. They're looking to ride their bikes around the neighborhoods and to do short shopping errands and so forth, and use those parallel side streets to get to the Trader Joe's and so forth. And so that's there's a lot uh, where we haven't focused on that. Uh, I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit. And I'll close on this. We're you know, 2017 uh, is going to be the the anniversary of the first bike lane in America in Davis, California, and we brought the conversation a long way to to such that in 2017, California Bicycle Coalition will be hosting a world's fair of bicycling. It's called the Summer of 17 Bicycle World's Fair, and uh, you'll be hearing more about this. But we're going to be inviting a million people to California to ride bikes, and um, we're going to be celebrating bike culture in California. Uh, And we've got lots of motivations to do this, not the least of which is uh, for a lot of novice cyclists, open streets events, Sequel type events, are a way to experience cities uh, like never before. And so we'll be doing a bunch of promotional campaigns around uh, uh, open streets events and uh, celebrating cycling in 2017. You'll hear more about that. I've enjoyed the conversation,
0: and thanks for including me. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks. And let's go to sleep. (laughs) Good night, everybody.
1: That was fun. I
6: agree. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, okay. Kelly, you still
4: there? Danny? Uh, Kelly took off her
0: headphones. Wait, let me see if I can. Kelly. It
4: seems
7: like every time.
0: Kelly. Do you want to keep this? Can I keep? Headphones, Kelly. Oh
6: I Oh. No, I just yeah, I just wanted to Kelly to get some more information about what you're doing, and if you want, well, banking savvy, you might be a long uh, Los Angeles County person. So I have your email from Nick's a message. Yes. So I can send you some stuff, and maybe we can get together sometime. And-
1: I would love to. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. okay,
6: appreciate the opportunity to chat with you guys. It was it was very interesting.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Thanks.
6: Okay, good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah, the neighborhood thing. I live on Plano Boulevard, which California, to California
2: to. Highway 2. Right, I know. So I've got no, you know, like, that's sort of neighborhood segment, so there is no, you know.